Is it me? Do you do do you do like banter beforehand? Yeah, we do some banter beforehand. Okay. This is usually the quality of the banter. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know that you don't part. listen to the show. <laughs> Every week. This is when we make jokes. This is this is when we bring on the celebrity guest. Oh, thank you. I'm flattered. This week, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, big fan of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> well, well, you know. Yeah. He is playing Odeon in the live-action remake. Yes. <laughs> no. That who did we say? Who did we say? I'd we watch. saw it. We said uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is problematic for so many reasons is it me yes you're looking at me yeah do you know what time it is what time is it It's time to p-p-p-p-p-podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, a weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. Oh, it's I'm not podcast. Tyler. I am Jimmy. <laughs> I'm Lauren. Last I checked. I, I, I'm Tyler. Hi, I'm Tyler. There's Tyler. Hi. Uh, this is my podcast now. <laughs> Lauren, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. You know, going a little stir crazy. I'm here, too. <laughs> Tyler, pipe down. <laughs> we'll get to your segment soon enough. Yeah, we'll get to your segment towards the end. No, um, no, I'm good. How are you, Jimmy? I'm doing okay. Yeah, doing all right. Yeah, it's good. Do you want to do you want a podcast? Let's yeah, podcast. Can, can I join the podcast? Uh, this week on the show, we are doing things topsy-turvy. The whole world's upside down, folks. Uh, so we are doing our show in almost exactly reverse order. Uh, typically, my partner Lauren joins us at the end of the show to do two segments, being Yugi or not and the Monster Bracket. However, she is practicing some social distancing and is going to be <laughs> remotely watching a horror movie with a friend later. So we're getting yeah. her parts done first so that she can go do that. Uh, probably the platform, I think. We haven't oh, officially decided. It. it looks pretty it, good. It looks like you know you know how Snowpiercer takes place on a train. Mm-hmm. It looks like that, but scary and on an elevator. I was gonna say, what's like the opposite of a train? Like Wayside <laughs> Stories. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> and I it's love like an elevator is just a train that goes up. Oh, oh that's deep, man. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna do. I'll, I'll report back if we make a different decision, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. Text me. Let me know. Mm. We're gonna do uh some things sort of in in reverse order. Yeah. So don't worry. I won't be around for the whole show. <laughs> uh, no. I would like to have you around for the whole show. Uh, before we get well, into uh, our first segment, I do have a listener email. If that's all right. Whoa. Uh, listener Brent wrote in. And uh, Brent uh, Brent M has written in to us before, so this is I think their second time writing in. Uh, hey Brent. 
And Brent Hi, says, Brent. hey, Yampod crew, this week I don't have a question, but I do have a story. While spending several hours playing the new Link Evolution game on my PS4, grinding for cards, and listening to your podcast, your explanation on the Wheelie Breakers video game made me have an epiphany. Weeks ago, I sent you an email. Link evolution love- is what happens when Link goes into the Temple of Time and inserts the Master Sword <laughs> into the pedestal. Right, right. <laughs> and then spends 80 hours trying to get that one goddamn card uh, <laughs> that just won't spawn. Uh, Brent says, weeks ago, uh, I sent you an email on my love of Yu-Gi-Oh card lore and how underrated it is given it generally given to, given it is generally given to normal weaker cards. And while I thought this love just stemmed from my own natural love of writing, it turns out it goes deeper than that. While going through the early card shop and getting several early generation throwaway cards, I was shocked to find out I remembered so many of them, given how I was never super big into collecting cards when I was younger. However, it turns out I forgot that during my childhood, one of my most played games on the PS2 was Yu-Gi-Oh! War of the Roses. Like Breakers, it changes from the standard Yu-Gi-Oh! card game to a top-down, checkers-like movement mechanic where your avatar was your main general monster, and you can summon other monsters from your deck to move along the board and attack your opponent. It was super complex with you being able to fusion summon a monster from your hand with any spells, but requiring you to be able to remember certain fusion type recipes. So it has like a a recipe maker, Mm. I guess. Uh, I remember being obsessed with this game because besides the show, it was the only game at the time to animate actual models for every card and answered so many questions I had for certain non-show cards looked. The best example is the card, The Judgment Hand. It isn't a floating hand, but actually a masked man with a muscled arm. Ew. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Just one. One side is much more muscled than the other. Uh, Brent says, anyway, sorry for the long run. Thank you guys. You duel too much. <laughs> <laughs> don't wait, but don't though, because you'll go blind. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Brent says, anyway, thank you. Uh, sorry for the long read, and thank you guys for helping me remember this forgotten childhood gem and keeping me entertained by this silly show about a card game during this depressing time. Sincerely, Brent. P.S. The movie you were thinking of a couple of weeks ago was Sinister, where watching the VHS tape summons an ancient Mayan god. Maybe that's what you should watch tonight. What? Sinister. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They did help you figure that out. Yeah. Uh, I would P- like to watch that. P.P.S. Tell Lauren I find it increasingly frustrating that every week I compete with her on Yugi or not, and for the last three episodes she's been beating my card by one point. Wow! Ah. <laughs> wow! Well, Brent, thank you for your email, Brent. Keep trying because I'm. It won't. I won't be able to keep up. You'll surpass me soon. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't actually have any knowledge of the show, so maybe it's maybe it's like through us. Do I talk about Yu-Gi-Oh in my sleep? Is that what this oh, is? Oh, maybe it's sort of, you're getting like uh, like cultural knowledge. Maybe. Like through association. More You're just picking up on this shit through the apartment walls. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Brent, thank you for your email. If you want to email us, it's youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. Uh, that brings us, I believe, unless you have anything you want to cover before we start talking about the show, Jimmy. I'm reading the wiki page for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist of the Roses. Let me me tell you the plot real quick. Okay. (laughs) The game is very loosely based on the real-world Wars of the Roses, a series of wars fought between the House of Lancaster and the House of York over control of England in the 15th century. Yes, famously fought with cards. Oh, Yama yes. Yugi assumes the identity of the head of the Tudor dynasty, while Seto Kaiba <laughs> represents the head of the Yorkist clan as Christian Rosencruz. 
Oh, the hell yeah. assumes control of the Rose Duelist, who is summoned from an unknown time period to the year 1485. It's a duelist in King Arthur's court. By a druid <laughs> of the Lancastrian forces to assist them in defeating the Orcist and regaining control of the throne by playing duels against each other. Well, I, I have to say, though, uh, King Arthur was well before the Tudor's time. Sorry. What? Well, maybe he was summoned hey, there. Yes, also you're right. by okay, a Yes, there you go. Yes, maybe they summoned King Arthur as well. I'd watch that. What? How? You duel, you duel Seto Kaiba for the last rose card at Stonehenge. Badass. I kind of really want to play this game. This. <laughs> what the fuck is this story? Are there ROMs for this game? This. Can we? I'm can sure. we get this? Can we please just do nothing else for the rest of quarantine but stream this game? This is what you should Twitch stream. This would be amazing. This is. All right, Brent. God damn it. <laughs> Brent, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> you did it. You did it. You found our new hobby. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going we're gonna to come back around to that. But I let's do want to say Upon its release, Duelist of Roses received mixed reviews from most game critics. Yeah, no shit! Praising the game for its graphic design and appeal, but criticizing it for its tedious gameplay and lack of fair challenge. Yeah! I would, I, you're, well, you're describing Yu-Gi-Oh! Is what I am is. describing Yu-Gi-Oh! So, what you gonna do? Uh, well, let's get into our first segment, then. It's time for Yu-Gi-Oh! or not! in which my beautiful partner Lauren joins us in the studio to determine whether something is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card or not. Yu-Gi-Oh or not. Or not. That's the It's there in the name. It's there in the name. It does what it says uh, on the tin. Uh <laughs> This week Lauren will be determining whether the cards that I read off are real Yu-Gi-Oh cards or 17th century slang. Oh boy. Now see this one I might be all right at. <laughs> this might be Maybe something that you might be all right at, but let's let's find out. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, I will read the cards, and then you will tell me which now is Now that I've said card. that, I'm going to get all of them wrong. <laughs> I've jinxed myself. I will go through all six cards that I've picked out for you. Uh, cards or, pardon me, or 17th century slang that I've picked yeah, out for you. Yeah, if they were all cards, that would be a twist. That would be a twist. Uh, and then you will tell that me which is unfair. a Yu-Gi-Oh card and which is a 17th century <laughs> slang term. Wonderful. Card number one. Brother of the Quill. Brother of the Quill. Card number two, Cactus Bouncer. <laughs> cactus Bouncer. <laughs> that just, that sounds like, it just sounds bad. It that sounds, sounds like someone you Doesn't would fight in Final Fantasy. Yeah. Ooh, It'd be yeah. like a cactar wearing a little suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a bouncer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, card number three, Chirping Mary. Chirping Mary. That's hyphenated, I should note. Mm. Uh, card number four, Gladiator Rejection. Gladiator Ooh. Rejection. Wow. Heartbreaking. Card <laughs> number five, Haberdasher of Nouns and Pronouns. Wonderful image. Haberdasher of Nouns and Pronouns. I want that to be a card because I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And finally, card number six, Personal Spoofing. Personal Spoofing. Uh, hmm. Those are our six cards. Lauren, tell me. Mm. Which do you think are real Yu-Gi-Oh cards or 17th century slang terms? Wow. Well, I think Chirping Mary is slang right off the bat. Okay. 
any particular reason? Or? Because I can just see you calling someone a Chirping Mary. Now, it is M-E-R-R-Y and not Correct. M-A-R-Y like a name. But I I can just see it. Okay. Um, I think Gladiator Rejection is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Okay. Because I'm picturing it being a dumb gladiator. Gotcha. Jimmy did a thumbs down. Does that mean it's that I'm wrong? Well, no, I was just doing the chop his head off. Yeah. Oh, oh. From gladiator. gladiator. I have not. I'm sorry. <gasps> oh my god. All right, stop the podcast, everybody. We're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go. Are you not quick. entertained? God, I think that's the last role I liked Joaquin Phoenix in. Like, I know we got an Oscar for Joker, but... We haven't seen Joker either. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, continuing. Oh, boy. Um, <coughs> haberdasher of nouns and pronouns, I, I think, could really go either way. I want it to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card, like I said, because I want to see the card art for that. Sure. Um, put it as a Yu-Gi-Oh card for now, and I'll I'll circle around and see how I feel. We'll circle on back to that. Yeah. All right. Personal spoofing. Yeah, so the cards we have left are personal spoofing, cactus bouncer, and brother of the quill. Brother of the quill is another one that I really feel I could see either way. Um, I'm going to say it's it's 17th century slang. Brother you, of the quill? Yes. Okay. You didn't say these were insults specifically, just slang no. in general. Yes. Um... Cactus Bouncer, I think, is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Okay. Which in this case would make personal spoofing a slang. Let me just go through those again. So I said Brother of the Quill is slang. Cactus Bouncer is Yu-Gi-Oh card. Chirping Mary is slang. Gladiator Rejection is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Haberdasher of Nouns and Pronouns is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. And personal spoofing is slang. I don't know. Part of me wants to swap haberdasher of nouns and pronouns and personal spoofing. Yeah, well, I'll just do that. So you want to swap haberdasher of nouns and pronouns? Mm-hmm. So you, that's a slang, and mm-hmm. the spoof, personal spoofing is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Personal spoofing is Yu-Gi-Oh card. Okay. Well, I have to say, no matter which it ends up being, haberdasher of nouns and pronouns is just a. It's a really good sentence. Yeah, it is. It's pretty awesome. No, switch them back. Put them back. Okay. Whoops. Uh, okay, so... I'll go with my first instinct. Okay, so That's you're saying fine. that haberdasher nouns and pronouns is a card and personal spoofing is a slime. Yeah, I don't know. Who okay. who really knows? I, I, who I can mean, I, know? I know. That's true. <laughs> uh, that's because I wrote this list. Uh, all right. Let's go through the answers. Which means I didn't get them all right, because you usually stop and tell me that I've got them all right <laughs> before going through them. Uh, all Mind right. Games. Yeah. Card number one is Brother of the Quill. You said this was a slang term. It is a slang term. Ah, I got one. It is 17th, 17th century slang for a writer. Figures. A brother of the quill. You said Cactus Bouncer was a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and it is. Oh. Cactus Bouncer is a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and it it is just a cactus wearing a suit. Cool. <laughs> I knew uh, it. Love it. Chirping Mary. 
uh, that's hyphen M-E-R-R-Y, you said was a slang. And it is. Hey. That is a 17th century slang for being pleasantly drunk. (laughs) (laughs) When you're intoxicated but happy. Uh, Gladiator rejection, you said was Yu-Gi-Oh card. And it is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gladiator rejection is... What? Sorry, go ahead. Gladiator rejection is a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and it's just a gladiator being turned away. <laughs> so Aww. now it's down to whether I did actually fall upon these last two as the correct choice. Because they're either the way I said it initially or the switch, but then I switched them back. So Okay, so yeah. you ended on mm-hmm. haberdasher of nouns and pronouns as a Yu-Gi-Oh card, mm-hmm. and personal spoofing is a slang. Haberdasher of nouns and pronouns is a slang for oh, teacher. God. It's a they're a teacher. A haberdasher, haberdasher of, nouns, of and nouns and pronouns. That's really good. Personal spoofing is uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I'm I so have sorry, left Lauren. Them swapped. That leaves you with a respectable four points. You know, I had good instincts though, and yeah. I think that I it could be argued that I did actually get them all right because. I did swap them. You have pulled that argument on me exactly once. We could once. cut out the part that I said swap them back, and I would that have is, gotten them that all is correct. Too much post production work <laughs> for me. I'm not going to do cheating. No, I know. Four I know. points. Four Congratulations. Hey. A very very respectable game. Let us move on now to our next segment. It's time for the monster bracket. That's right. Oh. Need you both to look at Cactus Bouncer. Oh yes. Yeah, I also need that. Oh my uh, god. Oh, it's not He's wearing a, a suit. I misremembered boy. that. Yeah. Uh, it looks like He's um, like a succulent. Yes. <laughs> wow, with spikes. With spikes, naturally. Uh, he also kind of looks like um, and a flower. Did you ever get those? I want to say they were they weren't quite a vending machine toy, but they were like at the end caps at Target. These little squishy balls that had faces oh, on them. Oh, and the goop came out? Yeah, and you, you, squish you them? squeeze them and the goop came out and then some like the mm-hmm. eyes would pop out mm-hmm. or like the tongue yes. would pop out. They look like one of those mm-hmm. just with like a little flower on, on the head. It does. A little Orby boy. I like it though. Cactus Bouncer is very nice. Uh, I can read you some of the other 17th century slang real quick if you want. That's fun. Sure. Hey, where'd you find this? Uh, this is from an article on Mental Floss called 30 Excellent Terms from a 17th Century Slang Dictionary. Uh, these are all from uh, a book called uh, B.E.'s New Dictionary of the Canting Crew, written by a lexicographer known only as B.E. Gent. Oh. Uh, let's see. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, an antiquated rogue is an ex-thief. An arseworm is a not particularly complimentary nickname for a diminutive fellow. <laughs> arseworm. Arseworm. Uh, beard splitter. <gasps> According to BE, it means an enjoyer of women. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, brown study, when you're deep in thought. I want to say that brown study is like when you're thinking whilst on the toilet. It sounds like it, doesn't it? I had a uh, lengthy brown study the other day. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this one. Cramp words are words that are difficult or obscure. Cramp words. 
Uh, English manufacture is a euphemism for ale, beer, or cider. <laughs> and finally, farting crackers. Excuse Trou- me? Trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go get a new pair of tr- farting crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Why crackers? I don't know. I, I cannot tell you. Uh, all right. Are there any other cards you want to look at, Jimmy? No. Okay, let's move on to our next segment. It's time for the ma 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 ma. Wait, monster. I want to see Gladiator rejection. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be an episode of you activating my podcast if there weren't at least two interruptions before the monster bracket. <laughs> uh, let's see, Gladiator rejection from the Yukiopedia. It oh, is... that is not at all what I was expecting. Me either. Yeah, it's a it's a spell card. I, I clicked on it. And we don't get to see it. And uh, it went away. It oh, is. here we go. It's a spell card where one gladiator beast is rejecting another gladiator beast with some blue magic. A fire lightning yeah. magic. There's some kind of like lizard. He's some kind of like lizard guy. Yeah. And yeah, gladiator beast is like a whole section of of cards ah i was like that doesn't look like a gladiator to me but he's got like three fiery bolts coming at him and he is just like and blocking them with a shield of water or something rejecting them you might say rejecting them (laughs) it's time all right it's time it's time for the monster bracket Every week on the show, we bring together two monsters to determine who will go on in our ultimate tournament of champions. Uh, these are all monsters from season two, and at the end of season two, we will determine who is the best. This week on the show, we are going to be talking about two episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh!, so we are doing two matchups here. Uh, the first matchup, which we'll discuss, is... Beta the Magnet Warrior... Versus Dark Magician. <laughs> Very tough matchup. Beta the Magnet Warrior, it, as a reminder, is level four rock normal monster. You guys monster. are just going to put through uh, Dark Magician without much You don't know that. A discussion. You do not know that. With what happened with Blue Eyes White Dragon? I think I do. You don't know that. So okay. uh, uh, Beta the Magnet Warrior is a level four monster, 1700 attack, 1600 defense. Dark Magician is a level seven, I think, spellcaster monster, 2500 attack. 2100 defense let's start typically we look at the looks on looks alone how are we feeling here jimmy beta the magnet warrior is our special <laughs> little boy he is <laughs> i want beta the magnet warrior in my animal crossing village me too i would die for beta the magnet warrior look from at what our <laughs> Uh, Dark Magician yeah, he's adorable. Dark Magician, though. Dark Magician the, looks pretty cool. Yeah, is is one of the most iconic cards in uh, all of all of Yu Gi Oh, really. Mm. And he's got a lot of really pretty sick alternate art. That is true. What's going on with his hood? Have we talked about his hood yet? We haven't really. It's. It's like it's more like a scoop. Yeah, mm. it, it almost looks like if you got a dunce cap wet. 
<laughs> it looks kind of like be- like beetly to me. Oh. You know, it looks like the mm. um thorax of a beetle or something. It does a little bit. Yeah. Because it's got like the ridges going up it. Mm-hmm. Kind that's of segmented. Part, yeah, that's the part I don't really understand because he's got these like, I don't want to say veins, but now that I've, I've said it in my head, <laughs> I can't unsee it. He's got these weird veins going all over the armor that tubes? aren't, they're not, yeah, they look like tubes, but they're not the segmenting of the armor. It looks like, like he's wearing like oh. a latex piece. Ornamentation. Yeah. His knees are Piping. swirly, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Pepper, what do you think? Pepper has some thoughts. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Embedding the Magnet Warrior is just adorable. Uh, yeah. We've talked at- about him before, but Beta the Magnet Warrior looks like he should be the the mascot. I feel like Beta the Magnet Warrior is a mascot of a different show. Yeah. Like, um, do you ever watch Cubics? I vaguely remember the name Cubics, but I have no idea whatsoever or, what it was about. What was that show about a robot? It was like a friendly little robot boy. Uh, like Astro Boy? No. Um, it looks like that. Uh, it was a oh. show for like babies. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say it was a Rusty and Big Man, Big Man and Rusty. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay, let me no find idea. that one too. Jimmy, uh, here's a picture of of Cubics. Um, let me see, copy. So Cubics, for the listener at home, is a segmented robot who is made of cubes. No. Uh, and this was a computer animated cartoon of the early thousands. Um, the show I'm thinking of, by the way, is Roly Poly Oli. Oh. Roly poly oly. I do remember Roly poly oly. He does look like Roly poly oly. It's a show for like babies, babies. Like yeah. Oh, and he lives in a teapot. And he lives I in a teapot. This was an adorable show. It was. His best friend has a he, so he has a round head, and his best friend uh, is all squares. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his dad had Elvis hair. Mm-hmm. Wow, I have not thought about this show in a long time. Me either. I do remember but that's seeing commercials like. for Roly Poly Oly. Roly Poly Oly. Um, small and smart and round. That's I can't I say remember. I ever watched Roly Poly Oly. Uh, Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot is the show that I was thinking of, uh, which features a big white robot and a small robot child. It's a lot of and- different robots. There's a lot of different robots. So, uh, so that's the looks. Let's talk about the card text. The card text on Beta the Magnet Warrior says Alpha, Beta, and Gamma meld as one to form a powerful monster, uh, which we've seen in the show. Mm-hmm. Dark Magician's card text says the ultimate wizard in terms of attack and defense. <laughs> and what else is there, really? Those are the only two things you need in this world. <laughs> Uh, how are we feeling? How are we feeling about that? I I'm feel like the... remember, what, what's the name of the the uh, transformer, the Megazord that they all turn into? Uh, it is Valkyrian. Valkyrian. I think, right? The Magna Warrior. Yes, Magna Warrior, not Magnet. 
<laughs> when, no. when all the magnet warriors combine, they become a magna warrior. That's how that it works. That is the plural of magnet. Got any magna over there? <laughs> so uh, Beta is effectively the the head of the Voltron. That's ironic. Oh, because he's a beta. Because his yeah, name is yeah, beta. I got it. Yeah. Uh, and then Dark Magician is kind of just uh, his own thing. There's a lot of cards based on Dark Magician. Like there's Dark Magician yeah. Girl. There's Dark Sage. There's uh, Black Chaos Magician. What is? What was that one? Magician of Black remember. Chaos. Something like that. I do like his alternate card art that has the evil Dark Magician from that one episode. Yes, yeah, I like the the black and white ones as mm-hmm. well. All really good. Where Yugi learned the important lesson that you you shouldn't sacrifice your your creatures to bring out a, another creature because it's disrespectful of them, and then he is constantly sacrificing creatures anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he's respect. He's using all parts of the the uh, 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 the dark magician, gazelle, gazelle, uh, king of mythical beasts, gazelle carcass. Uh, how are we feeling? Honestly, I'm Team Beta the Magnet Warrior. I love this little guy. I kind of am too. Me too. That's I mean, Dark Magician is like it's the cute. famous one, but yeah. Beta is the underdog here. Well, and it's um, not even that. It's I don't feel any like emotional attachment to Dark Magician. Is the thing like I yeah. look at it and I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's cool. I get it. But look at that little guy. <laughs> yeah, look at him. <laughs> I think it's kind of He's weird done. that the Dark Magician like actually existed 5,000 years ago and then became a card. Yeah. Because it's hinted that like, the Dark Magician was an actual person at one point. Mm. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess Am that I is kind, that of, right? kind of the implication there. He was like Yami Yugi's servant or something. Right. His court magician. Right. I guess, yeah. No, I guess that was uh, what they were talking about uh, in whatever episode it was. It's kind of a cool backstory. It is, but we don't ever get to like know this poor guy's name mm. or what his deal was. He's right. the Dark Magician now. Sorry, you're a card. Mm. See you in 5,000 years, buddy. <laughs> That's... Yeah, and well, from what we know of like people's souls getting caught in cards, they still have a sense of the passage of time. Yikes. So that's yeah. really upsetting. It I don't really like is. that. Jimmy, I don't like it. Or is his consciousness returned since he was made into a card, so it's only been like a couple of years? I guess. And is it because returned was... to all copies of this card? I don't know. We kind of get into that in these episodes. A little bit, yeah. Well, I think regardless... I feel like that's more to unpack than we have time for right now. Yeah, I think regardless, I, I feel like we're all kind of leaning Beta the Magnet Warrior. Yeah. As like iconic as Dark Magician is, I don't particularly care for him. Yeah. It's Dark Magician. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good Good for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you want a prize or something? Uh, well, yes, he does. He's not going to get it because Beta the Magnet Warrior is moving on. I do want to give a bracket. prize to Beta the Magnet Warrior. I do yeah. want to. 
All right, next up, we have another matchup. And this one is also going to be weirdly difficult this for us. This one's hard, yeah. This matchup oh, your is... your two favorites. Jinzo versus Kisatai. God, I just looked at Kisatai again and I regret it. I regret every time looking at Kisatai. Uh, Kisatai is a level two fiend monster with 300 attack and 800 defense, whereas Jinzo is a level six machine effect monster with 2400 attack and 1500 defense. We have just recently seen Jinzo again in the show. Uh, looking at the cards, Kisatai. Lauren, can you, you like can you describe Kisatai to us real quick? What does Kisatai look like to you? Um. Your intestines after you ate a bad shrimp. Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's not good to look at. It's bad. It's like it is like an intestinal worm or something, and it's purple. And it's slightly it has, translucent. I'm just noticing yeah. for the first time. You can yeah, see there's something parts going on inside it through it. Yeah. What's really upsetting is it's not translucent in the show and it has like skin. Mm. I really don't like it. It has one eyeball on yes. one end and the other end is a hand. Yep. Single hand. A and human hand. A single human, a human hand, hand, yes. A and left the hand. arm the arm that the hand is coming from, doesn't that kind of look like a finger, which sort of makes it worse? It does look like yeah, a finger has, like, that a has knuckle. a knuckle. Yep. Yep. It looks like it's doing the Sonic the Hedgehog like finger wag at you. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> and the eye looks like it's bleeding. Uh, I think that's a design, but it makes it look like it's bleeding. It does look like, yeah, it's kind of like the uh, like the Sheikah eye from Legend yeah. of Zelda. Yeah. And then it has four little wings. Yeah, little decorative wings neon on the back of its glowy head. wings. Yeah. yeah. And that um, 90s swirly background that we love. That we know and love. <laughs> Kisatai uh, looks very much like a Japanese yokai. Like if you told me yeah. this thing was from Japanese folklore, I would believe you. Yeah. That would make more sense than what it actually is. Which is just a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah. Uh, Jinzo then. Let's talk about Jinzo's look. We have said many Our times. Friend Jinzo. We've said many times that Jinzo is a Cenobite. Mm. Yes. Uh, Jinzo has a BDSM gas mask and is covered head to toe in skin tight leather. Yep. I'm noticing on Jinzo for the first time, he's got a big ass zipper in the front. Oh, it is a zipper, isn't it? It is. His outfit is a onesie. It makes it look like a snake belly though. You know how they have those like horizontal scales yeah. down their belly. Oh, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's w- they're wide zippers. Mm-hmm. It's very wide. Now, you know what I have just noticed, and I really have prevented myself from realizing before, is look at where his shoulders end, and then look at where the head starts. He's got a long neck. Boy's got a long neck, you and he has a leather. He has a leather turtleneck. I guess I've noticed it, but I just haven't processed that that's a neck. Yeah. <laughs> His neck is cone shaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's got a little head and little eyes. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's had some bad shit happen to him for his body to get that way. 
Oh, and that's not an exposed brain, is it? I always thought no. that was an exposed brain. No, that's that just is a his very wrinkly veiny, head. Veiny, veiny head. head. Yeah, he's like a uh, Darth Vader under there. Mm. Why is Kisatai so weak? Uh, for because... how horrifying it is. So I need to find the card text on Kisatai. It's attack is three hundred. Kisatai in real life, it wouldn't pose much of a threat. You would just step on it. I, I guess. guess, depending on how big it is. Uh, so the reason it's yeah, so weak is- in this show is like a pool noodle sized. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was picturing it as much larger. It, He's a big boy. It is, well, the, the translated, uh, the Japanese title means mind parasite. Uh, mm. it is a card. I'll just get into the card text here. It says, when your opponent's monster attacks this card in face-down defense position, this card becomes an equip spell card equipped to the attacking monster. No damage calculation is conducted. During oh. each of your opponent's standby phases, increase your life points by half of the attack of the monster equipped with this card. So you play it face down. So it's not a monster of its own right, really. No, nah, it's not meant to be used as a monster. You're not going to be attacking or defending with it. You, gotcha. You, you play it face down. And then you wait for your opponent to attack it, and then you just get half of that monster's attack points as as life points every gotcha. turn. Yeah, so it's a, a it's a it's a leech. Yeah, Bulbasaur used leech seed, right? <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, the card text on Jinzo says trap cards and their effects on the field cannot be activated. Negate all trap effects on the field. We saw this used to great effect uh, last episode. That's pretty useful. Yeah, yeah, no more traps. So would you say that Jinzo deactivated your trap card? You yes. would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, for such a central mechanic to core Yu-Gi-Oh, that's, a, that's good. Like the yeah. whole, the name of our podcast is that you activated it. And Jinzo is here to be like, no. Yeah, I inactivate most like most of the last two episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh were and Lauren, I know you don't watch Yu-Gi-Oh or listen to the show, so I'll explain it to you. Right. Uh, There is a character (laughs) whose deck is like all traps Mm -hmm. and it's looking really bad for Joey until he draws Jinzo and Jinzo says, I'm going to end this man's whole career. (laughs) Wow. Wait, so can you play Jinzo more than once, though, or is it only while Jinzo's on the field? It's only while Jinzo's on the field. Okay. So there are ways to bring Jinzo back from the graveyard, like if he dies, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's effectively only while he is on the field as a monster. Gotcha. So how are we feeling? I want to know how the hell Jinzo is a card. Uh, I want to know what happened 5,000 years ago for this guy to exist. Yeah, again, it's one of those things where, like, was this a real thing 5,000 years ago? Wait, or all is the this... cards were created 5,000 years ago? Well, no. <laughs> we've, talked, we've talked about this a little bit on the show. There is no possible way that every Yu-Gi-Oh card was a real spirit that existed 5,000 <laughs> yeah. years ago. Because there are things like... Uh, like Hamstrat. Like Hamstrat and, like, like uh, the the cars that turn into like the transformers and the steampunk ones that are like riding air balloons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the steampunk animals. Yeah. So is Jinzo actually 5,000 years old or is this something that Pegasus just made up? Yeah. Like did Pegasus watch Hellraiser? (laughs) And he's like, "Mm, this would be a good card. (laughs) Or is Jinzo just in this current form through the card? 
and he actually is just like a different kind of spirit inhabiting it. Ooh, oh, I like that. See, that's similar to like, um, that's like a Terminator thing, right? Yeah. Like he wasn't yeah. always wearing these clothes, but he, he has now uh, been time-traveled to our realm uh, and needed your clothes and your motorcycle. And that's why he's dressed uh, like he's going to a rave later. He's dressed like he's in that rave from uh, Matrix. Yeah. 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 But also, he has to have his own clothes because of that neck. <laughs> That's true. It needs to be tailor made. Yeah. He robbed a uh, he robbed a, uh, a a sex store for drafts. Also, the zipper goes behind the weird pauldron chest piece thing. Yes, that is a separate piece that is buckled in after yeah. he zips up the chest. It must take him like it? hours to get into this outfit. This does not and look comfortable. That, that the the pauldron chest piece thing is buckled under the spiked collar. Yeah, first he zips right. up the suit, then he puts on the pal- <laughs> the pauldron, then he puts on the spiky collar. I see. I see. Are okay. Uh, is someone sorry. Do, draw a diagram of how Jinzo gets dressed? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, so okay. So, God, yeah, now so, I'm picturing like Jinzo. Uh, those little like paper dolls where yes! you just like swap the outfits. And, uh, no, we're okay. Do you sorry, think we're if ignoring. Jinzo wears we're, a suit and tie. Do you think the tie starts way up here on the, by his chin, or does it start way the hell down where his neck connects to his shoulders? There is another question that must be question. answered. Okay, we've covered the straps on his neck. Yeah. So those are fully on his neck. They go under the spiked collar and hold the pauldron up. Yeah. There are two more straps going down mm-hmm. from the pauldron off the edge of the card art. Suspenders. <laughs> Are these his suspenders? Are they holding up his pants? <laughs> Hold on, I need to find a full body shot of Jinzo so we can really uh, please Google examine. Jinzo full body. <laughs> it's surprisingly hard to find Jinzo uh, art. Oh, here there's we go. There's cosplay though. There, there is, is cosplay. Co- oh, there's good cosplay. There's really good cosplay. Uh oh no! This okay. is from this, that's not cosplay. Here's that is from uh, Soul Calibur. Somebody made oh. Jinzo in Soul Calibur. <laughs> Wait, the rest of his body is, even is, right. raises even more questions. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Two thirds of this guy's body is his like upper torso, <laughs> and then he has like little legs. A full third of this guy's body is his neck. Unfortunately, he is covering up the attachment method of the pauldron straps to whatever is beneath. But I think it's that belt, that I spiky belt. I think they belt. must go all the way down to his spiky metal belt. Here's that does not appear a to have a belt model buckle. Someone made. <laughs> Amazing. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> they gave him longer legs here. Yeah though. this this looks this to be better proportions. <laughs> Somebody made a three D model of Jinzo and was like, oh, you know, no. I'm gonna fix this. It attaches to. Oh no! (laughs) Oh, it's worse. It's worse. It attaches to an additional leather belt above the spiky metal belt. Yeah, this belt is uh, attached to kind of like his stomach. Yeah. So does he does he wriggle into (laughs) the metal belt that does not appear to have a clasp or opening? It's just like a metal ring with spikes. He has to like put his hands like together and then just kind of wiggle into it like a snake. He, he butters it up. He puts he puts some oil on it, some lube. Man, it's a good thing that the 
rest of the the rest of the outfit is a skirt though because can you imagine if that was a jumpsuit getting in and out of that to pee oh god oh yeah but the yeah the whole bottom half is a skirt Uh, he seems to be wearing some uh some boots (laughs) uh yeah oh god jinzo jinzo who hurt you okay so i think order of operations here He's got boots, so presumably he has to put the boots on first. Otherwise, he'll he won't be able to bend over to tie his shoelaces. That's a good right, point. Because he's got a metal Stab spiky belt himself. on, you're not going to sit down. Yeah. Then he puts on the cloak part, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Then he has to wiggle you, up through sorry, the inside. Sorry, no, no, hang on, hang on. When you say the cloak part, what are you referring to? His dress. Okay, the whole the skirt, the jacket. Yeah, the, yeah. That is it, well, it's one, one piece. piece. Yeah, it's okay. a dress. And then he's and then he zips it up with that then giant he has zipper. To zip it, he zips it up. Then he it doesn't zip all the wiggles. way down. It can't. No, it's like um like a wetsuit. Yeah, it zips down to like his navel. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Then a, he snake wiggles up through the <laughs> the the spiky belt that is Before just a solid mass of metal. Wrist cuffs as well. Yes, he does have to do wrist those. Wrist cuffs could not get through the belt. Right. So he's then up to he, the spiky belt. Up yep. to the spiky belt. Then he puts on the regular belt. Then uh-huh. he has to put on the shoulder pauldrons. Mm-hmm. Right. S- snap those in with the, the, the middle suspenders. Mm-hmm. Then I think the spiky gloves might collar. go on last. Yeah, I yeah. think the gloves go have to go on last. Then he puts Otherwise the spiky collar on and snaps the pauldrons to the spiky collar and yeah. then puts the gloves on. And then the last is his horrible face mask. Mm. Oh no! See, I think I think what happens is he puts the the leather gloves on, and then the face mask, and then he slides into the spiky bracers. Yeah, because I don't think he'd be able to put the face mask on with the bracers on. That just unless sounds... the face no. mask can't come off. What if it's like fused to his face? That's true. He because might need it then... to breathe. Then we're imagining a world in which Jinzo is stood there naked except for boots and face masks. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I, I was just trying to picture what do I think Jinzo's face looks like. And it's just this. It's, it's just uh, if you Google realistic Squidward. <laughs> I'll send you the picture that I mean, Jimmy. Uh, it's, See, I'm picturing him looking like a living redead from Legend of Zelda, where it's just like three holes. Oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's just that's what the face mask gaps. looks like, anyway. Yeah. I think I think that he has nice, full, and luscious lips. <laughs> you think he's a handsome boy under all that? I think he's a handsome boy. I think that's why he's got to put the mask on; otherwise, he'd be distracting. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Joey. I'm here to assist you. Mm. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> uh, hey, Jinzo, thanks for coming by. Hey, it's my boy Jinzo. <laughs> All right, we we need to make a call on this so that we can move on with the show. How <laughs> how are we feeling? Jinzo completely eliminates an entire like branch of the Yu-Gi-Oh game. So I'm like, yeah. I'm voting Jinzo. I'm voting Jinzo as well. Yep. Jinzo, congratulations. We knew you could do it. You are moving on <laughs> to the next rank in the monster bracket. There we go. Wow. Congratulations. All right. Kisatai, you had a good run. You had a good, good run. You worked hard. We're proud of you. Uh, but today's just not your day. I'm going through like 
all the pictures of Jinzo in the Google image search. And someone uploaded a picture of Jinzo to Redbubble. So you can get a Jinzo spiral notebook, uh, Jinzo wall hangings, Jinzo pillows. A Jinzo wall hanging? Yes. Could I get a life-size Jinzo? (laughs) Can I get a Jinzo body pillow? I'm sure you could. A Jinzo waifu? (laughs) I love my wife, Jinzo. (laughs) I love my spooky wife. (laughs) um yeah so that's it so that's the monster bracket uh we're gonna move on to discussing the episode next lauren thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me i hope you enjoy your movie thank you thank you pepper for being patient i know your dinner is is now is imminent um sorry for turning your show upside down it's okay it's a nice breath of fresh air (laughs) happy april fools everyone That's the best April Fool, the one that is five days late. (laughs) And also not really a prank. Yeah. And also we kind of just spoiled it from the beginning. We said what was going on. Yeah. So anyway. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you. Bye, Lauren. Warmest regards. Best wishes. Okay, bye. Good boy, Pepper. Oh, okay. All right. Tell Pepper he's a good boy. Pepper, Jimmy says you're a good boy. I disagree from time to time. No, I don't. No, he's a good boy. He's sometimes a bad boy. He doesn't care what I think. Such as when he pees on the floor in excitement. That does happen from time to time, or pees just into the air indiscriminately. Uh, That has happened in this very room that I sit in. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on to actually discussing some episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh!, Yu-Gi-Oh on our show. <laughs> it's more 50 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time to discuss the episodes. This week, we are discussing season two, episode 39 and 40, uh, Awakening of Evil, parts three and four. Let's start with episode 39, shall we? Let's do no, let's start. With, let's start with forty and go backwards. Uh, episode thirty-nine. The translated Time title wizard. is <laughs> the translated title of episode thirty-nine is "Summon the Winged Sun Dragon of Ra." I just thought about thousand dragon and got mad. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that there is a place in everyone's heart for thousand dragon. You just have to let it in. Uh, the summary of this episode says, as Odeon's mystical beast of Sirket destroys Joey's monsters one by one, he is impressed by the friendship Joey shares with the others and recounts his and Merrick's own dark history, revealing himself to be Merrick's older adoptive brother who is mistreated by their father for not being a true member of the Tomb Keepers and that he dedicated his life to protecting his brother from his inner evil. Wow, that summary is a mouthful. It's a long ass summary. Also, it kind of makes it sound like it's the mythical beast of Sirket that's impressed by Joey. <laughs> As Odeon's mystical beast of circuit destroys Rrr, Joey. Joey's monsters one by one, he's impressed by the friendship Joey shares with the others. By your friendship, <laughs> um, you've yeah, really so turned this... me around. <laughs> this episode picks up where the last episode left off. We are in the middle of a duel between Joey and Odeon, who is posing as Merrick. <sighs> the recap helped. <laughs> There is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of story. There is. 
do you want to do you want to try and give like a brief summary of where we're at? Uh, it starts off when the last duel happened. Uh, Joey has all his three monsters that he won in the Battle City tournament thus far. Um, Odeon is like, oh yeah, we'll watch this, and he sacrifices his shit and brings out the uh, beast, mystical beast of Circuit, which is a big old scorpion thing. Yeah, it's it's the it's the scorpion, but with the uh, spooky cult aesthetic that like like Thousand Eyes Restrict had, right? Yeah, Where it has like, that same like it has the uh, the Millennium Eye motif on yeah. like a second head coming out of its tail or whatever, which actually looks kind of cool. Yeah. It looks like uh, it looks like one of the bosses from uh, uh, Breath of the Wild. It does look like it could be like a construct of some kind. Almost. Yeah. Anyway, so that monster is attacking. Uh, the recap at the beginning has legendary fisherman coming out again and going, "Oh!" <laughs> he does his does his George of the Jungle swing. <laughs> he does that several times in this episode. He does. It's really good. Uh, Joey, uh, my my recap was real simple at the beginning, so I was just like, all right, let's just get this shit over with. I'd have very little patience with, like, third episodes in these four-episode arcs because they're rarely good. Uh, So the first note that I have here is Odeon has a very strong monster. Full stop. (laughs) Joey has three pretty strong monsters, but none that are that strong as Odeon takes easily a minute to explain yes my monster is very powerful you have some powerful monsters yourself joey but none are quite as powerful as my monster and there's nothing in your deck that can save you from my powerful monster because even though your monsters are powerful they're not as powerful as my powerful monster your notes here are like if this episode were adapted to a like a kid's book for like second graders (laughs) odeon has a very strong monster joey's monsters are not very strong See Joey. See Joey duel. Uh, Odeon uh, is is basically gloating at this point. Like he feels like he's won because his beast is so strong. Uh, He looks over to Merrick and a a spotlight appears around Merrick and they are communicating telepathically. And Merrick reveals uh, that the, the special card that he slipped into Odeon's deck and this is the the thing that we left off. Last episode, it was revealed that uh, Merrick put the Winged Dragon of Ra, one of the three Egyptian god cards, into Odeon's deck so that Odeon could pass as Merrick. Mm. And now in this communication uh, that they're having sort of telepathically somehow, Merrick reveals that the card is actually only a copy. What? Dun, dun, dun. It's only a model. Uh, and uh, apparently it is one of an unknown number of copies it looks like maybe hundreds there's like a string of cards like stretching into the distance of winged dragon of Ra. and apparently you know go ahead yeah Merrick had it counterfeited for his rare hunters and testing uh, playing these cards against each other um, his rare hunters like were actually hurt and like killed um, just through testing the, the the cards out, these counterfeit god cards. Yeah, uh, these guys I are was... like 
struck by lightning and like guys are catching on fire and like screaming and yelling. Um, because because with the Egyptian god cards, it's not just like copying the text on the cards, right? It's the image of the god has this like magical power. Yeah. So he so he did all this QA testing <laughs> to make sure like will it be the same magical power? Will it work? Can we use it? Yeah. So he he has all these like counterfeit wing dragon of raw cards out there but testing has determined that only people with a strong connection to the ancient scriptures can use it which kind of sucks when you're like in a cult like these rare hunters dedicated to the ancient scriptures but you still die using this card <laughs> but i was so dedicated oh man i i skipped scripture reading day once <laughs> This is what happens in Awana if you don't memorize all your Bible verses. Oh, Jesus. I was never in Awana. Uh, I was in Royal Rangers, though. Which <laughs> You've was talked the, about the, Royal Rangers before. The church version of Boy Scouts. The knockoff uh, of Boy Scouts. This is what happens yeah. when you're in Royal Rangers, not actual Boy Scouts. You try and yeah. go and try to use a pocket knife, and the actual pocket knife like explodes, and you die. <laughs> strikes you with lightning. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, I mean, it's okay. It's an interesting thing, right? So he reveals that it's not the real winged dragon of raw. Uh, it is uh, a facsimile that still has the power of the winged dragon of raw. So it may as well be the ring winged dragon of raw, I guess. Yeah. It's Uh, kind of like a Pokemon, the first movie situation where he's making all these like clones of the actual thing. Right. Right. We're, we're talking like. We're talking about like platonic ideals at this point, right? Yeah. Like you can, there's the idea of the winged dragon of Ra, and everything is just one step removed from that, yeah. or or more. They're a little tarnished, but in theory, it should work as the actual winged dragon of Ra. It's like a, it's it's like it's like eating a Hydrox cookie, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not an Oreo, but it'll do. It's pretty good. Uh, so, <laughs> so. Or whatever that the Trader happens. Joe's brand of Oreos are. JoJo's. Oh, I yeah, those are good. I like those. Not Oreos, though. Not Oreos. Uh, that conversation, I don't really know why it had to happen, but it, it happened. Uh, Joey cannot attack because last episode, Odeon played Swords of Revealing Light, which prevents Joey's monsters from attacking for three turns. So he draws your favorite card, Jimmy, <laughs> Polymerization. I'm prepared for some, like, bullshit nonsense to happen this episode did you did you like me expect him to try to combine legendary fisherman and insect queen i was expecting him to try like polymerizing because we've seen the technique where you use polymerization to like combine like some grave to like the great uh mammoth of gold fine or something and it turned into a dead mammoth or something right Uh uh-huh I was yeah, expecting yeah, yeah. Well, him to like yeah. polymerize um, mystical beasts of circuit with something, and that would like cripple it. Oh, okay, yeah, I like that. That doesn't I was happen, just picturing though. like I was just picturing the the because you know there's that one polymerization with um, Gaia the Fierce Knight and mm-hmm. Curse of Dragon that <laughs> just, just like him riding picks it. Gaia up off the horse and plops him on the dragon, <laughs> like just doing that with Legendary Fisherman and just picking up Legendary Fisherman and just popping him onto the back of Insect Queen, <laughs> <laughs> just like riding this riding this giant bug. Whoa. <laughs> 
Uh, so he draws polymerization and he puts all of his monsters in defense mode to try and buy some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, Mythical Beast attacks. Ba-ba-da-ba. It attacks our, uh, our yeah. good friend Jinzo. Uh, and um, he dies. It absorbs Jinzo's power. Uh, so he takes yeah. half his, is it attack points? Yes. Yeah, half Jinzo's attack points get added to Beast of Circuit, and it becomes even fuck uglier by, ab- <laughs> <It does. laughs> by absorbing Jinzo's power. Yeah, it gets what what ha- it, the first time, so it just gets bigger, or its neck gets longer. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't remember what happens. It's, the airplane gets closer, and Lenny gets larger. That's exactly the quote I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so it absorbs Jinzo. Uh, oh no, this is, this is what happens. This is when it grows the eye stalk. Oh yeah. So it grows an, a giant weird eye stalk that looks like Thousand Eyes Restrict. Because before it was just a big card. scorpion thing. Right. Then it has, it grows this like other eye stalk out like the top of its neck. It looks like, um... You know when they used to grow human ears on the backs of mice? Yes. It looks like that. <laughs> it does look like they're trying to grow a thousand eyes restrict out of this thing. Uh, Joey has to pass again, I think. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't really have anything card. he can do. Uh, and then Mythical Beast does the same thing to Insect Queen. And this time it gets wings. It drinks a, it chugs a Red Bull and gets wings. <laughs> uh, and absorbs half of Insect Queen's power. Uh, at this point, Serenity has decided that she has had enough of watching her big brother Joey lose a duel and begins to run off. She uh, She's decided that even though she wanted the first thing in the world that she wanted to see uh, to be Joey dueling, that this, this weren't it. <laughs> she she wanted to it. see him win, goddammit. Right. Uh, and then he stops her, you know, they have a touching family moment. He, he tells her how, uh, she's his inspiration. He looks up to her, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's boring family stuff. I don't know. Did you have any notes on that? No, no. My only note here is, aw. Yeah, that's that's really the that's the whole tone. So Odeon uh, is looking on yeah. to this this touching family moment, and he's like, "Hmm, yes, I remember loving family." And we get another <laughs> flashback into Odeon's backstory. Now, some people may think that that's us editorializing. That is a word for word quote. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I remember loving family. <laughs> so, go flashback. What fifteen years? How old is Odeon? 20 years? We flash yeah. back to baby Odeon uh, getting adopted by the cultist family at the bottom of the well in Egypt. Um, and the family that took him in are tomb keepers. And they're the cult that has been waiting underground for 5,000 years for the return of Yami Yugi. Right. They are the protectors of the Pharaoh's power. That sucks. Like yeah, 5,000 years of the same family line all living underground like mole people? In the one well in Egypt? In the one well? How are they uh, not like horribly yeah. inbred and mutated now? They'd, they'd be like blind like axolotls or weird <laughs> cave snakes. 
Yeah, they had they they. I mean, like they go above ground. Clearly, is the thing, yeah. right? Like they 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 aren't strangers to the outside world necessarily. It's not like a blast from the past scenario, but it is very. It does, yeah. It does make you wonder how closely related the mom and dad are. Mm. If they're really only talking to other people who are also tomb keepers or or whatever yeah. it is they're called. Uh, but yeah, so this is Odeon's adopted family, uh, and he overhears them one night, sort of arguing about finding an heir for the tomb keeper line position and. The, the family the, business. The, right. Uh, and the dad is like really into this idea of it being a a, a true heir to the the, the role, like a, a, a real son of, of the tomb keepers. And the mom, the woman who rescued Odeon, says, well, I mean, we have Odeon. He, he is here. He's our kid now. Like this is, we've adopted him. It has yeah. been, some time has passed let's just initiate him when he turns 12 which i guess is the magical age it's a cutoff it's like becoming a wizard <laughs> right. except instead of getting cool magic powers you just live underground for the rest of your and life and you get tattoos and tattoos so uh yeah so he hears that and and uh we get child odion kind of looking happy because he's included in something which is nice uh but flash forward a little bit further, and uh, the mom has given birth to a girl uh, who becomes Shizu. Uh, so there's there's hope for the dad that a real tomb keeper will keep the tomb. Uh, but then he says, "This ah, oh, this fucking piece of shit." He's like, "Now we just need to have a boy." <laughs> yeah, only boys can be tomb keepers. Girls have to be tomb raiders. Uh, uh, there it is. There it is. We solved it. The two ancient feuds. Uh, the two genders. The two genders. Tomb keepers and tomb raiders. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, we get a, we get a scene later on of the woman telling Odeon about the tomb keepers ritual uh, where, you know, they, they swear a sacred oath to protect the power of the pharaoh and whatever. And she's still saying like, okay, when you turn 12, you're going to go through this initiation, you're going to become one of us. Little Odeon here, I want to say, did one of the voice actors' kids have this role? It sounds like an actual child. We it get a like different a, voice for Odeon. It sounds like an actual child who's like not actually a voice actor. Yeah. They it's don't, not great. They don't enunciate super well. Like at one point they ask like, how will it change me? And it very definitely sounds like a kid reading off a script, like not entirely interested. Yeah. It sounds like like a side character in Peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Which which historically does cast real children. Yeah. But it's like completely jarring hearing this like child's voice and then comparing it to like grown Odeon. <laughs> It is, yeah, it is the polar opposite of Odeon's voice. It is rough. It's, it's rough. like he, you half expect him to say, ah, oh, jeepers, mister. <laughs> I, I mean, he basically does. Tupa. He's like, but how will it change me? Oh, boy. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, flash forward a little bit further on, and the woman has a son 
who they will name Merrick. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the father is elated. He carries Merrick off in his arms uh, and is telling this newborn child that he is the chosen one. Uh, Jimmy, you're reaching your, your headphones like you can't hear me. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you fine. I'm just picking up some noise in my room. Oh, oh strange. It's the the <laughs> heater is on. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, no, we're going to have to reset. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, A number one, fuck this dad, right? Like, yeah, this dude is a real dick to Odeon just through and through. To be fair, I'm not sure what you would expect for cultists who have lived literally underground without seeing the sun in this, like, dank chasm. I guess that would make you a little persnickety. Yeah, <laughs> if, make if you the currents. They, they don't have the greatest mental health. Uh, or uh, the best sort of relations in uh, so in this cult, you know. So for everyone in quarantine right now, uh, uh, take care of yourself mentally. You know, check in with your loved ones, uh, or else you'll become this piece of shit. <laughs> also, don't start an underground cult for five thousand years. Ah, damn it! Okay, well. there go my weekend plans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just gonna cancel this Google Calendar event. Um. Yeah, so so this guy's ready to just like kick Odie onto the side, basically. And uh we see over time uh Odeon protecting Merrick as as Merrick grows up. Uh he says in a voiceover, uh with his grown up voice, thank God, uh that Merrick was the chosen one and Odeon sort of became his protector. Like literally like his servant almost. Oh, absolutely. Like, at one point, he calls the dad master. And he, he calls, calls the woman mom. He calls Merrick master as well. He which does. Is kind of fucked up. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say, just real briefly. Like, as much as these people are really shitty, uh, good on them for having kids so late in life. Like, they are not young. They aren't. The dad looks to be at least 70. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mom does not look that much younger. I almost thought the dad might be related to uh, Yugi's grandpa because they have the same kind of like spiky gray hair. But I think that's just what old men look like in this universe. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So what do we get? We get like a we get a shot of young Merrick telling Odeon that Odeon will always be his big brother. It's like a very Mokuba and Kaiba sort of thing. Uh, and he yeah, Odeon just, like, devotes his life to protecting Merrick. Mm-hmm. So they, they grow up, and he takes care of their siblings in their underground cult tomb, playing by the light of the moon shining straight down the well, which is, like, the only way any of these people get sunlight. God. And so they're, like, playing soccer or something with a soccer ball made out of, like, pelts? It looks that way, yeah. It looks like uh, you kind of just crumpled up some rabbits. Some goats. <laughs> uh... But he, like, looks away for two seconds, and wouldn't you know it, Merrick goes and gets bitten by a snake. Does he actually get bitten, or does the snake just threaten? Uh, I think he gets bitten, because he, like, has to be put in bed and has, like, a fever and stuff. That's right, that's right. Okay, I couldn't tell if that was just, I don't know, him panicking after seeing a snake. (laughs) Uh, Wow, it's the second creature I've ever seen in my life. What is it? Uh, what's this wiggly rope doing? Uh, yeah, so he gets bitten by the snake. 
they're having this conversation. So he's, I've lost my place in my notes. I'm sorry. It's, it goes a lot of places, but the, the it gist does. of it is uh, Merrick survives from getting bitten. And Merrick just decides that he's going to dedicate his life to the ancient scriptures. And Odeon is going to dedicate his life to taking care of Merrick as penance for letting him get by a snake one time. Right. Uh, we get a, a shot later on of, this is later on, I have it in my notes as being around the same time. So Merrick decides that he doesn't actually want to follow his destiny to become a tomb keeper. He cries because he's like, I don't want to be a tomb keeper. This is like 11-year-old Merrick at this point. Yeah. He has a great line here that I wrote down where he goes, why do I have to give up so much for this pharaoh? It isn't fair. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I can't blame him. I don't know yeah. why anyone would want to be a tomb keeper and live underground in a little literal snake pit. I mean, especially to make that choice at 11, right? Yeah. Like, that's it's not like, great. This pharaoh ain't coming back, you guys. I mean, he does yeah. come back. Yeah, well, yeah. But it's been 5,000 years. It's been a like, while. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Odeon offers uh, to take Merrick's place. Uh, he sort of like bows before Merrick's father he and, and up sort grovels. Of, yeah, he does a little bit. He's, he like begs basically to, to trade places with Merrick. Uh, but he won't let him. Not having it. Merrick is going to be the chosen one. He's forced to go through the initiation. And the next shot we get is Merrick lying on his front. He's got bandages all over him where he's been tattooed. Uh, and he is tatted and evil now? Yep. That, he this hit like, the on-off evil switch. This is like a week later. And so he starts talking to, to Odeon and he gets that like deep rhyme evil now, like undertone voice. Uh, and Odeon ignores this at first and reveals that as a symbol of his everlasting servitude, I guess, uh, he has revealed that he's tattooed himself in the same fashion as the Tomb Keeper tattoos. He tatted his own face. How did yeah, he do his that? His own do they have face and head. I guess painful is all shit. Like Jesus. everything is like backwards because he was doing it in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Merrick's like, oh shit. Uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I like I uh, head tattoos. Y- you think about it, and you're like, that's fucked up to get a, a face tattoo or a head tattoo. But apparently that's like actually the most painful place to get a tattoo. Doesn't surprise like, you know, me. I was, I was telling you about that, uh, that tattoo show we were watching. We've been watching Ink Master off and on. Terrible show, terrible people. Uh, good hosts. The hosts are good. All the contestants are bad people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the there are so many people who are like, yeah, I want to get a full head tattoo. And it's like a timed competition, so it's like six hours or whatever to do this full headpiece. Oh, yikes. And all of them, to a one, pass the fuck out. Like, it is so overwhelmingly painful that they faint. Not surprising. And this guy did it to himself. He's got nerves of how steel. Long, how he's, long did that take? <laughs> he's just dedicated to the, that Tomb Keeper lifestyle. I guess. Someone's got to keep these tombs. <laughs> these tombs aren't going to keep themselves. Uh, And now we go back to the duel? Yeah, flashback to reality. 
Uh, oh, there go gravity. And Odeon kind of regrets pledging his life to a guy who is now clearly a vessel for an ancient evil spirit. Yeah, so, didn't really think that one through, huh? And apparently he's been, like, keeping this evil spirit in check somehow. Yeah, he explains it as, like, 20-ish years. holding back the evil. Yeah. Which sucks and is bad. Uh, but the show doesn't focus on that yet because the show focuses on Joey has drawn three cards. Yeah. And he now Merrick yelling at Odeon for wasting time dueling Joey when they should be dueling actual opponents. Right. Instead of just rando. Which, fair. Uh, Joey has three magic cards in his hand. He's like, I can't do fuck all of this. Uh, from a distance, Yugi and Mai admire Joey's eyes? Yeah. Yugi from 30 feet away is like, look at Joey's eyes. And Mai's right. You're, Mai is like, you're right. They burn with a fire I've never seen before. And Joey is filled with determination to win. Mai, do you often look at Joey's eyes? What's happening here? Apparently. I kind of ship it. I mean, I feel like like they're definitely playing that up, right? Like yeah. they're definitely trying to tease a Joey my relationship. They put them in a lot of situations like this. Yeah. Uh yeah, so he's just like determined to win and even though he can't attack, doesn't have any good cards. But because he believes he's going to win, that means he is going to win according to Yugi. If he just believes in the heart of the cards. Right. Uh, <laughs> it all comes back to the heart of the cards. Uh, Joey passes his turn. No, yeah. Mythical Beast eats the legendary fisherman, which I really enjoyed because he's got the orca in one lobster claw and the, the dude, the fisherman, in the other. Yep. And he's sort of like, um, nom, nom, double fists it. <laughs> legendary fisherman gets out one last, oh, before turning into the beast's new fishy tail. Yeah, it's got like a fishy tail and like an underfin. Yeah. It's upsetting. Uh, then Joey passes. Right. Odeon, Joey can't do anything. We both have this line from Odeon. Oh, yeah. Odeon says, it's time to lose now. And Which Joey, is good. Yeah. And Joey's like, I'll never forget how you mind controlled me. Uh, but you've been playing a fair duel instead of cheating with your magic bullshit and mind controlling me. Therefore. You're not yeah, the real Merrick. Yeah, he, he distinctly remembers the feeling that he had when he was being mind-controlled, and he remembers Merrick being a real slime ball. he says. And he's like, you've actually been fair and level-headed. You're not a slime ball at all. Yeah, you're not a and, piece of shit. And that's how he figures it out, and he calls out Odeon for not being Merrick. And everyone goes, what? <laughs> Uh, Kaiba has a, has a good line where he goes, nonsense, Wheeler's insane. And then Yugi finally, it clicks and Yugi goes, oh yeah, I don't sense any evil around this guy. <laughs> and he says, if that's not Merrick, who is? Uh, I don't know, Yugi, maybe the only other person up here who you don't know personally. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. He goes, huh, who could it be? And then we get a really weird shot of Merrick being like, if I'm exposed, my whole plan will be ruined. Which, like, how? You're still evil and magical and there. Like, 
Odeon's still working for you. It doesn't, I don't know. It this doesn't whole make a subplot difference. was always kind of weird. Uh, Mythical Beast goes to attack Joey directly now that he doesn't have any monsters. The claw is inches from Joey's neck when Merrick tells Odeon to stop the attack. So he stops Everyone's and explains. Like, yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone got it's Joey is very serious and determined. He doesn't flinch or anything. Uh, and and Merrick asks why, or Odeon, pardon me, asks why, and Merrick says that he wants Odeon to destroy Joey with the winged dragon of Ra to convince everyone that Odeon is is Merrick. Because only Merrick has winged dragon of Ra, mm-hmm. so far as anyone here knows. So if Odeon plays winged dragon of Ra, it'll sort of get the sent off the trail or however that phrase goes it will prove he's really merrick and the evil plan can continue right to be continued to be continued that's it jimmy what was the best part of this episode for you my best part of this episode i want to watch a kimmy schmidt kind of sitcom about merrick ishtar and odeon growing up in the cultist tomb and then like coming out of the well for the first time and experiencing the real world Oh, that would be really good. I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential there. I mean, especially because like when we meet Merrick, he's on like a fucking yacht, right? Like, yeah. so what's the story from well to yacht? From literal rags to literal riches. Like they crawl out of this this dusty tomb where all they've known is like stone and like shitty old cloth and like goat skins. And then they wake up in like actual modern day Egypt and there's like a pizza hut. <laughs> like right there. Uh yeah, well and, and and of course they have the millennium items when they leave. Mm-hmm. So there'd be magical bullshit. Ishtar can see the future. Or Ishizu, pardon me, can see the future. Merrick can control people's minds. Right? There's so much like good potential storytelling that could result from a show about them. I'd be into Three, that. I'd watch that. Absolutely dumb as shit magical kids experiencing the real world. Sort of like a uh like HBO does the runaways. Yeah. Like, I'd watch that. That'd be really good. Can you imagine like little Odeon using the like the millennium rod? Give me one slice of this pizza. <laughs> well no it would be merrick it'd be merrick yeah, using merrick the millennium would, rod odion wouldn't touch it who would you who would you cast hmm asa butterfield as merrick is my vote i know he's a, he's getting a little old now yeah i don't know because they'd have to be the right age they'd have to be right like Teenage actors. I don't know that many younger actors. I don't I guess. know many teenage actors. Uh, Tom Holland as uh, Odeon. <laughs> Can you imagine Tom Holland completely bald except for an extremely long ponytail? Yeah. Yep. I'm imagining it now. Actually, he could pull it off. He could do it. <laughs> I have faith. Anyway, what was your best? <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, it's tough, but I think it's good that this show is exploring the psyche of someone who's like, who knows they're in a toxic relationship, but doesn't really want to know another option. 
you mm. know, because that's a that's a tough thing to tackle. And I, I'm sure like when this was coming out and even now, maybe like there are people in the world who might watch this like kids and be like, oh, like that's kind of like my parents or that's kind of like my situation right now. And they'll f- maybe not like know how to handle it because I don't think this show really goes into here's how to handle a toxic relationship, but at least kind of see like. I'm not alone in this. There are other people who are stuck with people that they don't like and they don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Uh, the the idea that you like pledge yourself to someone who used to be good, but like over time they've like the dark side has grown like b- bigger and stronger and worse. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't really paint Odeon as the victim necessarily, but just like, you know, he, he made a choice. He's like sticking to it. He's staying loyal. Uh, and he's a good person who's just like in a bad situation. Yeah, he just doesn't know any other option. Um, to be fair, he doesn't really know any other people. Right. He's exactly. been literally exactly. underground for his whole life. Yeah. So I think that's good, you know, because the rest of the show has been a lot of like, we're dumb high school kids that don't do anything wrong, and we're all the good guys. Hooray! And then like the I don't know the billionaire who's ostensibly the bad guy is like. I'm a billionaire and I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And it's neither of those things are like what a real person of this age is like. Yeah. They're always somewhere in the middle. So I, I like having somebody who's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And we get more of Odeon uh, this next episode to kind we of do, in that same vein. Yeah. Uh, what's the worst part of this episode for you? Little Odeon's voice acting was terrible. <laughs> It's so bad. It's not good. Oh, it's so bad. I wonder if it was just like one of the director's kids or something that they brought in. Hey, you want these two lines? Yeah. I'm going to start looking it up. I looked it up myself and I didn't find anything, but you might be able to find something more. Uh, Yeah, let's see. But Uh, it's not up to four kids' rigorous standards. (laughs) No. Well, I mean... Like, like they do have a lot of good voice actors in Four Kids, but uh, yeah, this is not, not one of them. <laughs> um, looking through here, uh, Odeon. I don't, I don't see it. Well, hang on, uh. Eric's father's voice, Shizu. Merrick. I will say, I looked up, I was curious, like this next episode, and I looked up what Mai's voice actress looks like, and I yeah. can totally see her voice coming out of this woman. Oh, uh, Megan Hollingshead? Is Megan Hollingshead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there are a couple of people who are just credited as voice. I recognize one of the names. The The person who's credited as Merrick Ishtar in this episode is JT Ross, Jonathan Todd Ross, who isn't, yeah. Well, he wouldn't have been a kid at the time that this came out. He's done some other voice acting. I don't think that's him. Um... Oh, it was also the voice of, of Merrick and, and Strings. So no, so that wasn't yeah. him. Um, oh, we're looking for, for uh, Odeon's voice actor. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me- Megan Hollingshead uh, looks... I mean, she could totally do Mai's voice. Like, yeah. that's 
Yeah, that makes total sense. You see her face and you're like, yeah, I could hear Mai's voice coming out of this lady. She has yeah. that sort of like same attitude that Mai has. Uh, oh, I found it. I found it. Odeon's teenage voice is Ted Lewis. Whom's? Who? <laughs> Ted Lewis has done a lot of voice acting. And wowzers. Okay, this is all over the place. So uh has done several parts for uh Yu-Gi-Oh series such as the voice of Jack Atlas uh in 5Ds so like mm. the one of the main villains of 5Ds uh does Jack Atlas again for Arc 5 um a bunch of voices in Viva Piñata uh Huntick 3 Delivery um a lot of anime um and is also well i think there's uh, three voice actors there's adult odeon yeah there's teenage odeon but i'm talking about like little kid odeon baby odeon yeah so teenage odeon is also the same voice as bakura croquet and bandit keith i can hear that uh and then uh oh but this is why i brought it up uh he was also a voice actor in uh the Kirby animated series playing King DDD and Escargoon. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh oh and then Giovanni in the Pokemon series. Oh damn. Uh so that guy gets around. Um okay. There doesn't seem to be a credit for little baby baby Odeon. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh babies. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh babies would be really good actually be and it's, just, good it's just you see up to grandpa's knees <laughs> Yugi transforms and literally nothing happens he turns from a baby <laughs> into a toddler no yeah he's not wearing a diaper anymore so it is <laughs> he stands up on two legs so anyway so if, if somebody can find the voice actor for baby Yodion just let, let us know uh, we, we've been talking about this too much we have we're completely uh, off the rails what was your worst my worst was still Merrick's whole fucking plan. Just doesn't make any sense. Like, why is he still having Odeon masquerade as Merrick? Why is he masquerading as Namu? Why is he temporarily taking control of Taya's body from time to time? Why did he make all these copies of the Winged Dragon of Ra? Like, if you can make copies of a card, just make a bunch of copies of a different very powerful card that's not super dangerous to you and the world around you. Yeah, like, you, if, you, if you're playing a card game, you don't want lightning to strike you in the head. And set you on right. fire. And like, if you're copying an all-powerful god card, and you're making like a dozen or so copies of it, why are you just t handing those out like they're cookies? Like, keep them in your deck, and then just, I guess, because you can make playing cards that fit into this game, just make a bunch of cards that let you summon that all-powerful card. Oops, all wing Dragon of Ra. Like, why Why are you beating around the bush here? Like, just do an all-raw, all-the-time deck and be good to go. Yeah. We haven't seen any raw before, which I guess makes sense because all the other cards have, like, killed the people who tried to use them. Right, right, yeah. And, like, you know, we know it's bad news, but why, why do the whole copy thing? I don't uh. get it. So that was my worst. Let's move on to talk about episode 40 of season two. Uh, the translated title is Ra's Fury. Stand up, Jonichi. Jonichi. I can't do it. I can never do his name right. I think right. it's Jonichi. 
I, I want to say Jonoichi, but it's because I misread it every time, but it's Jonuchi. Johnny. Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Uh, the summary is, the counterfeit Raw knocks out Odeon and Joey, and Kaiba decides the winner will be whoever stands up first. Joey manages to stand first, allowing him to win the duel. Spoilers. Before passing out, Odeon reveals his real identity and cryptically warns Joey that they will all now be in worse danger. Odeon's lapse into unconsciousness. <laughs> Odeon's lapse into unconsciousness allows Merrick's evil half, Yami Merrick, to surface and take control of Merrick's body, since Merrick needs Odeon to help restrain his dark side. Huh. All right. Where do we start with this episode? Uh back in the present uh merrick back is in 79 merrick uh telepathically is telling odion that this is his chance to fulfill his oath by serving him the future pharaoh because nothing could possibly go wrong right so it's time to uh play the music it's time to light the lights it's time to summon winged dragon of Ra. <laughs> It's an Egyptian god card tonight. So he does. He sacri- Odeon sacrifices a mystical mystical beast circuit. Uh, bye. Hardly knew ya. Uh, <laughs> and he also has to sacrifice half his life points to bring out the counterfeit winged dragon of Ra. And kaboom! Yeah, he, he, he does so much talking during this part. Like, I don't know that it's actually necessary for him to be talking this much, but he's doing, like, a chant. It's like a ritual mm-hmm. where he does the, and now I will sacrifice the mythical beast of circuit, and it has absorbed all of its monsters, so I am symbolically <laughs> sacrificing the monsters that you, Joseph, have worked so hard to achieve, and now I will send their spirits to the box, and I will raise my arms to the box, and I will say, Oh, mighty winged dragon of Ra, I come to you now as a servant of the one true pharaoh, and rise, rise! And he does the whole, like, Frankenstein thing, where he, he pulls Live the lever or whatever. my creation! Uh, yeah, and then, uh, the... The Ava alarm goes off, and uh, <laughs> Angel inbound. Yeah, uh, what? there's a lot that happens, but there's a big there's, explosion. There's a lot. Um, yeah. There's of course a glowing green mystical light pillar rising out of the box that the card was in that punches a hole in the clouds. Uh, thunder and lightning, big swirly very, vortex. Very frightening. It is very very frightening. You know, standard anime power stuff. Yeah. It's it's effectively what we've seen with the other Egyptian god cards, yeah. right? Where like everything goes dark, everything gets really scary, uh, and then f- down from the heavens descends Chuck the Norris. winged dragon of Ra. Yes, he delivers Chuck a kick yeah. which could shatter bones into the crotch <laughs> of Indiana Jones. I still have Gandalf that. Off the gray and get off the white and Monty Python and the Holy Grail's Black Knight and Benito Mussolini and the Blue Medium, Cowboy is. Curtis and Zombie the Genie, Robocop, Terminator, Captain Kirk, Darth Vader, Lopan, Superman, every single Power Ranger. I still have that entire song memorized by heart. Oh God! You know he's still doing stuff. He is, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lemon Demon. Everyone, go look it up. Uh, yeah, so all this stuff happens, crazy lights and flashing and lightning, and then the winged dragon of Ra, this giant golden bird, uh, not really a dragon. No, it's, it's like a big, uh, like a big chicken man. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, he I don't looks know why like, he's called a dragon. Do you ever play uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door? Uh, yes. What I was the I name of that wrestler in the Glitz Pits? Who's like the chicken-headed guy, the the Birdman? Um. Ooh, that uh. Rockhawk. He looks the like what? a real-life version of Rockhawk from Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Rockhawk. Do you remember I, Rock I, Hawk? I must not have played this far. I don't remember this at all. This dude. Rock Hawk. R-A-W-K-H-A-W-K. Rock Hawk. Oh, shit. Yeah. This is, <laughs> yep. That's Wing Dragon of Raw. That's the Wing Dragon of Raw. <laughs> it's just Rock Hawk, except like the gritter and edgier version. Right. It's uh, it's it's the late 90s version of, of Rock Hawk. The edgy 90s version. Uh, yeah. So okay, so so it it descends, uh, and because Odion says mythical beast absorbed, I keep saying mythical beast, mystical beast. Because mystical beast of circuit absorbed Joey's monsters, it had over five thousand attack points, which are all now because of this ritual transferred to the winged dragon of Ra. Yeah. Do we see exactly how powerful winged dragon of Ra is, or we just kind of get a gist? I don't think we get an actual number, uh, but it is a lot. very strong. Uh, at this point, everyone point else on the blimp. Unlike the other god cards we've seen, we yeah. don't actually see Winged Dragon of Ra. We see In like what way? We see like it's like a laser show or a, like a neon version of Winged Dragon of Ra. We see all the highlights. If there was like a spotlight focused on it. We'd see all the parts that would be glowing in the light. Oh, I yeah. So Did we're seeing Wing Dragon of Ra under a black light, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing him almost not like it, in profile, but what's the, the phrase I'm looking for? It's in harsh lighting. Yeah, it. This scene. It's Winged Dragon of Ra Tron version. Just yeah. his outline. So if anyone is really curious about what it was like to be a a uh, a child that went to a very charismatic Christian cult uh, in the 90s, like the tomb this is the sort of thing that you would convince yourself that you saw in the sky like during a Wednesday night like worship session, right? <laughs> if you're just like a weird kid and there's like incense or whatever and you're singing songs and stuff and you're you're looking for angels in every corner and you look out and like i don't know the sun hits the clouds in a weird way and you're like oh my god it was a winged dragon it's it's from this scripture and like whatever like this is that feeling where it's almost there but not quite there like if you look if you just move your head a little bit maybe winged dragon of raw would like disappear maybe it's just a cloud yeah but it's so that's not, just a glimpse into my childhood right there. That's that's what it reminded me of. It hasn't manifested in the same way as the other god cards because it's uh, a fake. Right. This yeah, is not which the real uh, winged dragon of Ra. Would the real winged dragon of Ra please stand up? Saying real winged dragon is This is very a fucking difficult. mouthful. The wheel wheel winged dragon. The wheel winged dragon of Ra appears. So Suddenly, everyone remembers that Egyptian god cards are actually like 
it actually dangerous like in reality like in the real world dangerous yeah uh, as lightning starts to strike we're in a real actual like thunder and lightning storm and we're on this blimp and uh merrick doesn't notice because he's telling odion that his ability to control raw proves that he's one of us i guess he's an official tomb raider now uh tomb keeper i don't know uh and then there's a shot that I need you to explain to me, Jimmy, because I don't understand it. So there's a shot of Merrick laughing, and then literally just the Photoshop bulge filter uh, is applied to the animation. And it, can you can you do me a favor and find a way to like put this on our Instagram? Oh yeah, like, I just got... that 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 animation going back and forth. Uh, I don't know if I can record a, like a full. Like gif of that. even just I'll getting try. the before and after because there's an anim there is an animation there yeah where it goes from normal Merrick face to uh bulgy yeah to fisheye lens yeah but it's not like they animated that it's clearly just the Photoshop bulge filter because when it like bulges in you can see like the pixels of where the artist drew it right. And yeah, somebody somebody only drew one frame of Merrick, and then the editor decided to go back in and, whoa, whoa. and do some dirty work. It's extremely shitty, and it took me completely out of the episode. A lot of things, and I don't know if this is supposed to be like a metaphor for anything, but a lot of things happen to Merrick's face this episode. There's a lot of weird filters that are applied to Merrick's layer. And his face specifically. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Odeon commands the Winged Dragon uh, of Ra to yeah. go and attack. The heater is on again, and so I apologize for my audio quality. Oh, that's fine. Uh, it, 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 we cut to Ishizu, who's still back on the inside of the blimp, uh, and she senses a great disturbance in the Force. Yeah. Uh, Odeon commands Wing Dragon of Ra to attack Joey, and suddenly we get a shot of all the Millennium items, and they gleam. Like a shockwave yeah. passes through them. I really liked that shot, actually. I kind of want to save it as like a like a desktop background or something. It's very nice, because it's a very clean shot of all the Millennium items just kind of floating in space. Yeah. And so Merrick and Ishtar feel a disturbance of the Force. Um, Merrick's deck starts emitting an aura of rage. Yeah, his whole dual disc like lights up and starts vibrating this like blue purple. Yeah, there's like this energy radiating off of it and like the area around his dual disc is just like shaking and like the colors start coming off of it. Um and he says, I think out loud that he suspects that the winged dragon of Ra, the real winged dragon of Ra is angry because Odeon is trying to use a counterfeit Yes, this is a a graven image and a, a pale imitation of the real Dragon of Ra. They're trying to cheat out of using the Dragon of Ra's power. And this has anger. Which, it. like, isn't the actual Winged Dragon of Ra card just a copy of the stone tablet that was just a drawing of the real... Like, we're already several like Steps things removed. removed yeah why is this one a problem i but, guess i don't know anyway. uh, that's how good pegasus's like skill set is that he's able to accurately depict these egyptian gods mm. well like he that. was like 
chosen by the Millennium Eye or whatever. That's true. That's true. He was. Uh, he. It was his destiny to bring these these monsters back. Uh, the the realization comes to Merrick as the counterfeit starts to dissolve. Yeah, it's not feeling so good, Mister Stark. <laughs> it does kind of have something like like these black moats start coming from. Yeah, it's, it's like very... turning to ash. Um, yeah, it's very upsetting. But just like the Ten Commandments, you will have no other god card before me. As this like false winged <laughs> dragon is broken, and so Odion like guess. commands I... this fake to attack, and it doesn't. Odion doesn't have enough Jim Bradges to train winged dragon of Ra. <laughs> he he had enough to to you know pull it out of the party. He can hold the pokeball, but he can't order it around. Right. So as this happens, uh, lightning strikes everywhere on the blimp, threatening to actually kill people. Yeah. And Odeon uh, is struck by lightning. Yeah, and Merrick's like, how come this card isn't working? This is impossible. I had my rare hunters test every last card, and they only died a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Right, which I guess he's saying that he actually hasn't had a successful test of this card yet. Yeah. He's, Which is really shitty. He's using this like prototype wing dragon of Ra. He's like, well, it didn't kill the last guy, mostly. So if Odeon's just really in touch with the scripture, maybe it'll go better? Yeah, he's got the scriptures tattooed on his face. Surely that means he's good at using this card then. The last guy was just mortally injured. <laughs> The last guy was just driven insane by using this card. Uh, but Odeon is struck by lightning, and the fake Millennium Which, Rod that he had in his hand shatters into little bitty pieces. It, it, uh, I wanted to point out, this struck by lightning is from the intro. Yes, this is a shot we've seen before, but not in this context. We finally get yeah. context for this. Uh, and yeah, the Millennium Rod, uh, the fake Millennium Rod that Odeon was carrying shatters, like you said. And that is the sign for uh, Yugi that, ah, yes, Odeon was not actually Merrick. The real Merrick would have had the real Millennium Rod. Right. So Joey, being Joey, runs to help Odeon, a man who was just struck by lightning in the face. uh, And he gets struck by lightning, too. Ah, what are the odds? Ah, lightning never strikes the same place twice, right? But the winged dragon of Ra does. Uh, Tristan tries to go to help, but the referee, (laughs) this fucking guy, (laughs) this this referee, a hole, like basically kicks Tristan off the dueling arena. He's like, no, the duel is still happening. Both duelists have 200 life points left, so the duel is still in progress. (laughs) Even though both of these guys are unconscious and have been struck by lightning, he's like, well, there's nothing I can do. You better fuck off because this duel is still happening. Yeah, you you got to bring it up with my boss. And he looks over at Kaiba, and Kaiba Kaiba first gets the legalese out. Right, he's he's got the lawyer in his ear yeah. trying to tell him uh, uh, how to cover his. Kaiba's ass. first thought is, he, hey, just so everyone knows, this lightning strike was regular lightning and not a byproduct of Kaiba Corp Incorporated LLC dual disc system. Tm tm tm. <laughs> he I am not it- liable. For any damages that may occur while using it. 
at several times he makes it abundantly clear that his equipment is working as expected yeah that when this people get struck by fault. lightning this is not a byproduct of using the dual disc system uh any lightning that may be caused by summoning the winged dragon of Ra is um we are not responsible completely unrelated <laughs> completely unrelated. it is an act of god a uh so the referee looks at him and he's like what do i do like do i call this a double forfeit like what's going on everyone's and like Kaiba goes, Kaiba, jesus christ who the fuck cares <laughs> and kaiba goes no the duel continues whoever gets up first is the winner i'll give them five minutes to stand up <laughs> kaiba says surely these two competent duelists can recover from being struck by lightning in the face have you you haven't been struck by lightning. I have not. Do you know anyone who's been struck by lightning? No, I have not. I know someone who's been struck by lightning twice. That sucks. Yeah. Do they have the yeah. like lightning pattern scars down their body? Because I, I know don't... some people like get hit by lightning, and you can see the path the lightning took all the way down. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he does, or if he does, it's probably not that noticeable. But it was like one time it was out in a field. And then another time it was while he was in the shower and the like the way the house was built, like an old house. Oh, it was wired. So the he, lightning hit it and then like traveled through the shower head. Well, it was the the, the window had like metal on it. Mm-hmm. And so he was like had to reach for something and lightning hit. And it, it like traveled through the metal parts of the window and hit him. Oh, shit. Yeah. So... Anyway, so it sucks, apparently. Uh, turns out, just in case you didn't know. But he's totally fine now. He's, you he's would good. never know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so, so uh, Kaiba has said that these boys have five minutes to get up. First one up wins. Uh, Ishizu, back in the blimp, realizes that it is actually Merrick who has angered the gods and uh risk everyone's lives now you fucked as up. he does you done goofed uh and we get another flashback of young american odeon but this time from ishizu's perspective yep so uh it's it's basically what we saw before it's just recapping really rehash the, it no it's just recapping the last episode uh odeon has a line no it's america has a line i don't want to be a tomb keeper yeah, uh, and you know it's it's sort of just Ishizu being like, ah, oh, poor Odeon. Like he always tried to look out for Merrick, but Merrick was just too evil. Yeah, now Merrick has a spooky spirit in him now since the the ritual. Um, and so Odeon, uh, almost stands up, and the duel is about to be called in Odeon's favor, but then he face plants again. Yeah, <laughs> he does the like it's the reverse of the like wrestling 10 count mm-hmm. uh where he's he's you know the ref gets in real close and he's like one two and then he falls back down and then it's okay we're back and we're back in this limbo period i guess uh they have two minutes now before they're both disqualified and joey has a dream do you want to talk about joey's dream let's talk joey? about joey's dream uh, he, Let's talk about Joey's dream. He is dreaming that he is back in school and all his friends are there yelling at him. And this is the like standard like dream visual effects where like the edges are all like glowy and blurry. So you know it's a dream. 
Right, right. We we don't get the we almost get the music of like I can't do it, but the you know the this is a dream sequence music. Yeah. So everyone's there. His friends are like yelling at him to wake up because it's his big moment. This is the duel he has been waiting for. Um, everyone's in their school uniforms, which we haven't seen in a while. Just to remind you that yeah, oh yeah, these are kids. They go to school. These are school children. Also, Kaiba is a kid. Saving the world and being struck by lightning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Kaiba. <laughs> and uh, Bakura is there, who is also a child. Bakura he's their, is there. He's their classmate. Yeah. And and uh, another millionaire, Duke Devlin, is there. <laughs> yeah. All these like billionaire children rolling around in the one class. Unbelievable. Uh, so they're all there. They're all yelling at him, but they're yelling at him in like a friendly way, right? They're yelling yeah. at him to like get up. Yeah, they're like, it's kind of like the reminding him that what are you doing, lazy bones? It's your big moment. You're gonna miss it. Kind of that kind of and, language. And I guess in the dream he was asleep at his desk. Yeah. So he's like waking up. He's all groggy. He's like, "What? I'm tired. Like, let me just you know five more minutes." <laughs> And uh, they they try to psych him up. Taya does a really good Joey impression. Taya's Joey impression is spot on. She's like, I can't do Taya's voice, but she says, I'll show them all that Joey Wheeler's no amateur. It's really good. Uh, and he is like kind of kind of understanding. They tell him at one point that it's a dream. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, uh, I guess I have to get ready for this duel. And Yugi goes, yeah, it's the most important duel of your life, pretty much. You should get ready. You should, like, go do that. And he pulls out his backpack full of Duel Monsters cards, but then, like, starts to open it, and the whole thing just explodes and falls over. He's somehow, he's somehow still sitting in his, like, school desk. It has like the yeah. chair part bolted to the desk, so it's all one thing. And he is somehow manages to like fall forward with the entire desk, so he like is face planting with his butt <laughs> yeah, up. In the, the whole, air. the whole desk flips over. I don't even think that's physically uh, possible. And they, the group like gathers around. Oh yeah, Mai's there. Yeah, Serenity Mai, and Mai are there. A school child. Oh yeah, Serenity's there too. Uh, and they offer to help him put together the best deck that he can so that he can be ready for this very important duel. And he goes, oh, great. Well, I have a list of all my best cards right here. And he pulls it out of his pocket and he hands it to Tristan. So we can go through uh, all your cards and find all your, your best cards here. Um, right. Oh, yeah. And Serenity and Mai are there. And Joey is like, hey, wait a minute. You don't go to my school. And Mai, <laughs> Mai says, hey, it's a dream. It doesn't have to make sense. Just be glad you're not skiing in your underwear. <laughs> just such a such a such a glimpse into the nightmares that Mai has. Uh and so Tristan pulls Joey aside as the rest of the group is like gathering up the cards and he's like, "Hey, look at this. This list you just handed me? It's blank. Some ba- there are no cards." <laughs> I have some bad news, my friend. All your be- this list of your best cards is blank. Um but Joey is like, "Yeah, you know what? I'll be fine." Then they talk about friendship and shit. Well, the gang puts yeah, his deck he, together. He says he's just thankful to have his friends there, you know, because without his friends, he'd be he'd be totally lost. He would have no idea what to do. But like, also, this is his dream, so technically, all of these are just his imagination. Yeah. So he would be fine. But that's just me. Uh, and uh, finally, Yugi brings over a deck of cards. 
uh, and they try to get Joey to like come up and join them, but he says something's wrong. He's he's too tired. He too, can't do it. Too weak to stand up. I'm not joking around. And here. they and they all extend a hand, including Bakura. This is the first time I noticed Bakura, and together this like group of I don't know how many people. This is like ten people yeah, at this point. A whole group of people all, all give him a hand up. It's like. All these different hands coming in to grab uh, Joey's hand. And collectively, they hoist him into the air and fling him skyward. Yeet. Uh, <laughs> this boy empty. Uh, and he goes flying into darkness up and up and up. Uh, and he opens his eyes and he's standing. He's standing in real life and he has won. The duel against Odeon. Thanks to these bullshit last minute <laughs> rules that Kaiba put in. Was Joey just in the heart of the cards? Ooh, that's a good question. Is the heart of the cards just a psychic manifestation of friendship and how much they believe in him? Which is why Yugi is able to call on the heart of the cards all the time and Kaiba can't because his friends are like psychically helping him out. Yeah, how does that help him draw better cards? Well, as we saw in the dream, they help choose which cards will be in his deck. Oh, so when you shuffle, it's they're... like your friend's psychic emanations, like moving the order that the cards are in. They're stacking the deck in the dream world. Yes. They're stacking the and deck that, in your favor. If you just believe in the bleeds. heart of the cards and believe in your friends, you can oh. call on them. They are psychically manipulating the random they are nature of the card shuffle. Oh, I like that. I don't think that's what's happening, but I like that. <laughs> it's a good theory. It's a good theory. I like it better than whatever's actually happening in the show. Yeah. Uh, so he, he wins and Kaiba, uh, we cut to Kaiba slowly kind of piecing together what the hell just happened here. And he's realizing that that could not have possibly been the real Egyptian God card because there's no way that my patented dual disc system would fail. That couldn't possibly be my equipment because there's no such thing as bugs in my Kaiba Corp dual disc system. TM, 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 TM. And he has a great line. So he says, it looks like Wheeler's dumb luck saves him again. And I emphasize dumb. <laughs> he doesn't even say that out loud. That's just what he's saying in his head. You know, whatever makes you feel better, Kaiba. Uh, yeah, so he, he comes to the conclusion like, uh, this must have been a fake card. That's the only way that this could have failed so spectacularly. Sure, but. All right. There's no yep. such thing as bugs in Kaiba Corp systems. All right. Uh, Joey runs over to Odeon to help him up. Odeon tells him sort of weakly uh, uh, that it was an honor to duel him, that he's so glad that he had the opportunity for it. Joey says, likewise. Uh, And then Joey says, now that the duel's over, who are you, though? Uh, Because you're not Merrick. And Odeon says that he was only a servant of the real Merrick and sort of lifts his hand feebly to point 
to the side where who's standing over there? It's Merrick Why, having it's a Namu. It's Namu having a goddamn mental breakdown while clutching the actual Millennium Rod. <laughs> right, and everyone's just and like, Yugi looks over. That guy, really? That dude? He looks over and he's like, "Hey, that guy, that guy's holding the Millennium Rod." You mean the guy with the Millennium Rod is Merrick? The guy like emanating evil power? That dude? Yeah, that guy that nobody's had a good feeling about. Oh, interesting. Uh, and yes, it is revealed that that is Merrick. And uh, Merrick says, it is so good to finally meet you, Pharaoh. He's talking directly to Ami Yugi now. And as he says, Pharaoh, his face uh, does the weird effect thing that we talked about earlier. And his like glowing third eye is revealed for a second. Yeah, there's a um, lot of that that happens when he's talking for the rest of this episode. Just these weird like smear filters that yeah. are like partially transparent, like radiating off his face. Do you know what it reminded me of? Mm. It reminded me of Spider-Man 3, where uh, Spider-Man is using the poles to set up the sonic vibrations or whatever that, like, makes Venom go away. And, like, he's writhing in pain as, like, Eddie Brock is breaking through the Venom slime. It's like that, but what if Venom was breaking out of Eddie Brock? Yeah. It feels very much like this is Yami... Merrick sort of peeling off the 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 husk of Merrick and and revealing himself. So Tyler, yeah. uh we need to talk about this. Now uh-huh. it is established that there's uh a Merrick and a Yami Merrick. We have good yes. Kura and bad Kura, but now we have a bad Merrick and an even worse Merrick. What do we call them? <sighs> Okay, hear me out. Good Merrick is Rami. Bad Merrick is Malik. <laughs> Why Rami? Because Rami Malik is an actor <laughs> from Mr. Robot and the oh, that guy. Queen biopic. Yeah. Uh, no, I think we should call them. Uh, I mean, I like Merrick and Yami Merrick. Like Yami Merrick has a good sort of like mouth feel. Um, the spirit, but, yeah, currently known as Merrick. Well, I think I think we need to have like I think Merrick should stay the name of the boy. Yeah. Right. Because okay. I think I think it's implied that Merrick is a separate person from whoever this is. Uh and his name really is I Yami. Mean, Malik, I like I like Malik. Um, American Malik. Yeah. Did you have any ideas? <laughs> I, I kinda like bad Merrick and worse Merrick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both okay. evil little shits. Just one is e- they're evil both little shits. That's true. Right, right. But so, yeah. So the the evil spirit is definitely worse, Merrick. <laughs> uh, so so uh, yeah, worse Merrick takes control and yells at Joey. Uh, or no, he he. Oh, weird! I must have deleted my own note. He yells something is what my note says. Uh. And uh, uh, Joey says, Joey has a great line here where he, he says he's filing this under the category of not good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Merrick's, uh, worse Merrick's glowing third eye, you know, he has that millennium eye that appears on his forehead, uh, is, is out in full force. It is shining. And Yugi's uh, like, so uh, what's going on? And he, worse Merrick is like, I'm even better Merrick and I'm not as nice as the Merrick you know. 
and and uh, he says that he's going to trap Yugi and all his friends in eternal darkness is his plan. To which Joey responds, "Get a life, <laughs> hey pal, get a life." And I I think he comes back to saying like, "I do have a life thanks to this boy here." Now my yeah, thanks to you. Now I have a life. Um, worse, Merrick's hair has become even spikier than usual. It is very spiky now. Ex- we have gone from spiky to spikiest. Yeah, his his it's almost even spikier than Yugi's hair. That's how evil you how you show that someone has like an ancient spirit in them is this their hair becomes crazy spiky. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of a DBZ sort of uh, power meter. You know, the the bigger and spikier their hair is, the more powerful exactly. they are. He has very big and spiky hair, but it's all white. It doesn't do the whole multicolor thing that uh, that Yugi's does. Yeah, um, he starts monologuing a bit. He says only a chosen few can command the god cards. Odeon couldn't do it because he's not worthy. Uh, Kaiba, you're one of them though. And Kaiba's like, I don't believe this ancient Egyptian bullshit. I, I can control this god card because I'm a good duelist. I love how he still just refuses to acknowledge that magic is a thing. Yeah. That that just like, happens. He was just literally present during a lightning storm, like hitting these guys because they called on the power of a, a god in the wrong way. He's like, Yeah, no. I feel like he's had a few clues. You know, he could pick up on even just a very small little recognition of uh, maybe maybe there's some magic. See, that would involve him acknowledging that he's been wrong about something. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Uh, and then Merrick says, the battle for the Pharaoh's power will begin right now. When? Right now. <laughs> it's time to b- 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 battle for the Pharaoh's power. <laughs> this very instant. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then we get maybe the best closing freeze frame of the series. This is an amazing freeze frame of it's... the blimp flying into the three god monsters. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a wide shot of the blimp. And then on the horizon, I guess, is the the god mon Not even the horizon, but just like in the clouds that it's about just to fly Just floating into. there ominously. Uh the three god monsters in full strength, ready to take on this blimp. And that's the end of the All right, episode. Let's, let's go. Blimp blimp <laughs> v god monsters. One blimp versus three gods. Who will win? <laughs> the blimp is like uh who's who's that that bad street fighter? Is it Dan? Oh, I have no idea. Is is the one that you only pick if you're a really skilled street fighter player? That's the blimp. I'm just picturing like any of the god monsters like reaching out with their claws and going just pop it like a grape. <laughs> <laughs> well, bye. Uh yeah, and that is the end of the episode. Uh Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Hell yeah. This this, this part of this episode I just love. The pale imitation of a graymage, graven image of the god cards enraging the actual god card enough to like smite people this is some good old yeah. testament shit. this is like deep this is pure Yu-Gi-Oh. this is deep lore of this five thousand year old magic leaking through to the real world in the form of these card games 
just these like tiny little moats that their power is able to come through and like using the wrong ones in these games uh pisses them off to like hurt people this is this is great this is like prime Yu-Gi-Oh lore this is like the actual good Yu-Gi-Oh story that I am here for yeah you were so excited. I, I didn't even watch the episode yet. And you texted me being like, this is peak Yu-Gi-Oh. This is peak and Yu-Gi-Oh. And then I knew you were excited because you've been excited about some episodes before. But then I knew you were really excited because you also tweeted about it, which never happens. This is so just the concept of this is great. Like stripping away all the bullshit duels, like the concept of playing right. games and calling up using like the card games. To call it like a tarot, to like call upon the power of these ancient beings to fight each other is just really cool to me. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, the that's why I think the underlying concept of dual monsters is so intriguing, right? Of like, these were actual spirits yeah. that like sorcerers had to summon and, and control. They had to be entombed in these ancient stone tablets, but now their powers are yours to command. Right. If you're chosen by these ancient artifacts. And until now, it hasn't really had, like, there hasn't really been, like, an oomph behind that promise, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's just like, been... Okay, cool, like, you played a card, whatever, but... Yeah, up until now, it's just been card games. Um, I right. mean, we got a little bit of that in Season Zero, when there's, like, actual magic that's coming through yeah. and manifesting in these games. This is the first time in, like, the the core series that we've seen that happen. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, you know, we're getting towards the end of season two. I think now is probably a good time to make it interesting. It's not the time to pull your punches. Now it's time for these actual, uh, real monsters, actual, like, gods for their power to come into being. Right. It's rad as hell. I love it. (laughs) What was your best? Uh... My best, I think, okay, as much as I hate Merrick's evil plan, and I think that the plan itself is pointless, this double reveal was really good. This, like, oh, Odeon's not Merrick? Who is Merrick? Namu's Merrick? That's not Merrick. I'm the real Merrick. (laughs) Hi, I'm Merrick. Uh, You know, it, it had a real interesting vibe to it, where, like, we were, oh, okay, cool, like, now the characters are caught up with the audience. Like there's not that dramatic irony anymore, but then let's add another level to it. Yeah. This guy that they thought they were like up against this whole time, they thought was just some guy like Pegasus who stumbled upon some magic power and wants to like take it for himself. No, this is yet a third ancient magic spirit (laughs) who is (laughs) like plotting against the Pharaoh. Yeah. And it's it's different in a way, too, because I don't know, and maybe this will get explained, but I don't know that this evil spirit is tied to a Millennium item. Yeah, it seems this like... This seems to just be Merrick. Because the Pharaoh was trapped in the Millennium Puzzle. Right. Yami Bakura was ostensibly in one of the other Millennium items, the Millennium Ring. Yeah, he was trapped in the Millennium Ring. But Merrick, though, it seems like was passed down through the tomb guardians family line yeah it seems to have been part of his initiation was like getting this tattoo like getting all these like glyphs tattooed on his back is what transferred merrick to this new vessel right 
It's sort of like a I'm picturing like a like a being itself. John Malkovich situation, but evil. Yeah. Did you ever watch Being John Malkovich? No, I didn't. Ah, uh, Being John Malkovich is a really good movie where uh, there is a secret door that leads into John Malkovich's mind. Uh, and the the plot twist in the movie spoilers for Being John Malkovich for like thirty seconds. Uh, it's a bunch of old people buy spaces in John Malkovich's mind, and then uh, it there's like a a a, a like a a hereditary like thing where it's John Malkovich's daughter, I guess becomes the next person mm. that this door leads to. And so it's just this group of old people like hopping from mind to mind and living forever. Huh? Yeah. I have to watch anyway. that now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Just the concept uh, Cameron Diaz, of this, big hair, this evil spirit being transferred down this family line, like through, I mean, ostensibly through this tattoo process and this like, ritual is it is does really seem cool. that way yeah it's a great concept for like a D warlock too uh yeah there's a there is a tattoo based D class actually is there? the i think it's i think it's the red wizard it's the red something but that's their whole deal is they get power through tattooing themselves that's awesome which is metal as hell that is metal as hell uh but yeah i think i think that's my favorite part of of this episode and I'm glad that like this plot point that I didn't really like had a sort of satisfying ending at least for completely different reasons. Yeah. That they like we we could have still had this reveal even if Merrick just like introduced himself as Merrick from the get-go, yeah, right? As just some guy. Yeah. Uh how about your worst part of this episode? My worst was the stupid fucking bulge effect that they put on Merrick. What were they thinking? It's a crime against animation. It looks terrible. It's just ridiculous I, to look at. I got a couple yeah. screenshots of it, but it's just bad. It it felt like it felt like a shot that you would have seen in some other anime that that were trying to do like more cerebral things. Yeah. Like that that shot, I mean not the not the animation of it, but just the the bulge look. Like that would have felt totally in place in Evangelion. Yeah. Right? If they had like in uh if, FLCL, it would have been totally normal. If they had animated that same effect, it would have looked better. It would have been like weird. Oh, like if they'd hand drawn it. If they had hand drawn it, but instead of like just right. pulling it into Photoshop and going wow wow wow. But you can like yeah. see the keyframes on the slider where they do it. And you can see like yeah. the edges of it because it's like perfectly in frame. And as someone who has like worked with visual effects before, it's just tacky. I mean, anyone who's opened like Windows Movie Maker yeah. will know exactly how to do that effect. Exactly. It's like one of the basic things that they first designed and then just left it in Photoshop, even though no one uses it as far as I know. Can we do can we do like a hashtag on this? Can we do like a Merrick selfie hashtag we just... where you take a selfie and bulge, and bulge it. it in Photoshop. It's going to look terrible. It looks like um. It's gonna look bad. You know what it looks like? It looks like a uh, a Snapchat filter that you do as a joke. Yeah. It. Yeah. Man, do I have to re-download Snapchat now? Do I have to figure out if this is actually a filter? Except not. I feel good. like this is a thing that exists. Because at least Snapchat filters are like motion track to your face. 
This was right. just on the static animation. Well, I mean, his face is taking up the whole frame yeah. in this shot. So, uh, yeah, but it's bad. It's bad. It's a it's bad look. Good. What was your worst? My worst was just that we needed so many goddamn useless episodes <laughs> to get to this point. Like, we we okay. This is on us, right? Like, we spend a lot of time talking about each episode because we go off on the, all these tangents and whatever. But, like, damn, even as watching the episode straight, it took us a long time to get to this point. It took a long where we're finally, time. We're finally doing this shit, right? Like, how, what episode, and I'm even just going to pull up Netflix here to look at what episode we talked about the Egyptian God Cards in. A long time Because the Egyptian ago. God Cards were introduced what just after johnny steps i had forgotten about you remember johnny steps johnny steps from a, a almost a literal year ago johnny steps Stepping uh out. so yeah so ishizu shows kaiba the the history of dual monsters in episode three of this season uh he gets obelisk the tormentor he uses obelisk the tormentor for the first time in episode five that was pretty good um oh uh episode four okay episode four is where yugi and Taya go to the museum so really like we get that we get the battle city stuff i feel like we could have cut out i feel like they've been teasing this last god card for so long to like hype it up but wing yeah. dragon of Ra, i think is the least interesting of the three it's just a big bird man. Yeah. I don't like, I've, uh, and of course, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like trying to figure out what episodes I would cut and I, I can't come up with anything, but I feel like we could have gotten the ball rolling a little bit faster. Streamlined. Yeah. So that's my worst. Just that like, I'm excited to be where we're at finally. And I wish that we could have just hurried it up. <laughs> you know what winged dragon of raw looks like? It looks like yeah. something that would fight Godzilla. Yeah. It has that sort yeah. of like rubber suit aesthetic. Yeah, it'd be called like uh like Mecha Birdo or something. Burgantic. Yeah. It's fine. Like it's, it's not right. a, I'm not saying it's a bad design. Like we're making fun of it a little bit, but it's not like it's a bad design. But just compared to like the last shot that we got of Slifer the Sky Dragon yeah. fucking wrapping itself around the blimp. Like Slifer has that was cool. Slifer has some cool moments. It, it has a unique look with like the multiple mouths and just how weird looking it is. And Obelisk is just like a big scary buff monster thing. Um, yeah, Obelisk. Obelisk. You look up at it and you're like, oh damn, he thick. Yeah, Wing- and that's kind of the whole like cool. He's a big dude, and Wing Dragon is just like, all right, well, it's a we've had the dragon, we've had the big guy. How about- KFC. Kind of, kind of bored now. How about a how about a big <laughs> chicken? Extra crispy. Buck buck. Uh yeah. So there we go. That's my worst. All right. All right. Well, we did this episode topsy turvy this week, so we're not going to go to you or not of the monster bracket. But thank you everyone for listening. Rate these though. Oh yes, thank you. Let's put these on our chart. Uh, for listeners who are new to the show, we put every episode on a chart. I actually need to go and update. Uh, but we put them on an X Y graph where the X is plot relevance and the Y is card bullshit. <laughs> yeah, card bullshit with actual card game mechanics, and nothing happens versus 
uh, actual story beats. Right. So, for example, for an episode uh, where not only does nothing useful happen, but it completely retcons past parts of the show, that would be a minus five. Whereas uh, episodes that you need to watch to understand the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh! are a five. Um, Likewise for card mechanics, where they play completely according to the rules is a five. And where everything's made up and the points don't matter is a minus five. Yeah. All right. Where are we putting these episodes, Jimmy? And let's let's talk about all four episodes in the Awakening of Evil uh, arc. Did we not do them last week? The first two? We did, but I want to get an average okay. for the four, I think. I feel like of the four, they start out like the first two had more actual card game mechanics. And, and then the, the second two didn't have much dueling. These last two. The last episode didn't have any dueling. Yeah. I mean... I would rate that a negative in card game mechanics because the duel is decided by who can stand up the fastest. <laughs> right. Well, and we got the whole fake card bullshit, yeah. right? So that's that's not great. The fake card bullshit I like. I feel like that's good story elements. These two were almost all story. Yeah. Lo- we get a lot of like backstory into Merrick and Odeon. Um, and then, of course, we get like the whole moving the story forward with the reveal. I would give the last one almost like a four and this one a five. For story? story Yeah. I would give this arc as a whole, like looking at, looking at every, looking at its faults and everything. I would give the whole arc a five. Yeah. Cause I feel like the last episode was so good that it makes up for the first hour. There's a lot of good stuff to work with. Yeah, this this is. I mean, it's a movie. Honestly, yeah. this it's an hour and twenty minutes to get through all four episodes, and uh, I I think that the last twenty minutes is a really good climax. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Card game though, eh, not there's not a whole lot. Not stellar. It was the first two were the good first on. They were good. See, they were interesting. Yeah, they were good to see like Joey bringing out all the cards he had won, all the ways that like he was able to like. Use Jinzo to get rid of the traps, that kind of stuff. And then just right. nothing happens. I would have given that like a four. Yeah. Nothing happens in the card game for the last two, pretty much. And what does happen is magical bullshit. Yeah. The the magical bullshit supersedes the actual card game mechanics. There's not a whole lot you so, can do there. Besides, I guess episode three has at least like the mystical beast gaining attack points by eating joey's cards that's pretty good yeah. maybe that'd be a two or a three that's i was gonna say a two just to kind of average out the the way that i feel about the magical bullshit but then the last one has almost nothing that's like an actual real world card game mechanic yeah so that that we just call that a neutral i i think overall for this four episode arc i would say a two overall for card mechanics yeah the card mechanics in the last one um as negative as they are, are the reason that they're not good is because they're being counteracted by the magical bullshit. Right. Like the, the reason that they're, the reason the, reason the card games not... are not good is because you piss the cards off. <laughs> well, and the, it's the thing that makes the story so good, right? Yeah. Of like, this is, this is the time that the cards are not going to act like normal cards, and that's what makes it interesting. You have angered the uh, cards. But unfortunately, that does mean that the cards are not going to act like yeah, cards. Yeah, you have angered the cards and drawn their ire. Right. 
So I'd give that a zero. I think that's a fair score, not because it's bad, but because um, it's just balanced out. Yeah. So I, overall average for the four episodes, we'd call it what, like a two? In card games, yeah. Yeah. And then like a four for story. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a top writer. That's pretty good. I feel like once we get everything kind of mapped out, I want to release like a like a poster size graph of all <laughs> like of this. Like a line graph. Because I feel like I feel like everything very far top right and everything very far bottom left will be worth watching. Yeah, and everything in the middle is just kind of eh. You can skip you can it. Skip. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's gonna pretty much do us for this week uh thank you everybody for listening i know this was a a topsy-turvy backwards upside down episode uh we'll be back next week talking about season two episode 41 uh mind game my versus merrick part one uh that's a three-part episode uh and I can, I can just picture the next shot of the series in the first part of this next episode where kai was uh-huh. like hey you can't you guys can't duel each other right now we have to let the bingo ball machine do its thing <laughs> and Mary's like what i have to do my valentine she's not even plot relevant here i want to fight the pharaoh um oh god not see on, i know but see the thing not. is the thing is is i know my's plot for the next like two seasons and it goes fucking places uh but yeah for right now she's not relevant <laughs> Um, so that it's a three part episode. So I think what we're going to do is I, I would like to watch the first episode on its own. We'll watch that next week. And then the week after next, we will watch parts two and three because typically part two is just nothing. Yeah. Part two is like dry bread. Right. Uh, so next week we'll do mind game part one and then we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us. You activated my podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Follow, uh, these memes that we keep saying we're going to do, uh, at Yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Wow. I forgot how to spell there for a second. Um, we really should put that bulge up. <laughs> it's uh, it's terrible. You all <laughs> need I to say, suffer with us. And I say like the memes that we mean to do. The stuff that we've been putting up on Twitter lately has been pretty good. I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Animal Crossing content that people have been making. <laughs> I've been retweeting. so good. <laughs> uh, you see um, the one where Gulliver, that someone made a um, a design that's just, like, a bunch of cards scattered around. Yeah. And then they set it up next to Gulliver so it looks like he got mind crushed just laying yeah, there on so, the beach. And so they set up, like, a little dueling arena around him and it's just Gulliver on the beach and it's cards spread out. <laughs> So good. And there's like a model that Flick does of like the moth or something that's like the great moth of whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh anyway, so go go find us there. Um if you want to visit our website and go look at the monster bracket, that's heart of the dot cards. Uh, yeah, if you want to listen to the other show that Lauren and I do together, that's Egg-Centric, Egg-Centric, comes out every other Sunday. Uh, we've got one coming out this weekend, uh, all about Easter, uh, because this will be our, our first show, uh, before Easter, well, anyway, our next episode won't be till after Easter, so this is our early Easter episode, I guess. Uh, it's gonna be good, gonna be good, I'm gonna talk about deviled eggs. Exciting. that was the most Eastery recipe I could think of. Um... Yeah. Jimmy, do you have anything else uh, going on you want to talk about? Nope. 
Awesome. Uh, I'll say right now uh, is obviously a weird and crazy time uh, for most of the world. Uh, if you are in a position where you are able to still work, if you are in a position where you're able to spare some of your hard-earned money, go and donate it to places that need it. Um, you know, we always talk about the Yellowhammer Fund, Planned Parenthood, Trans Lifeline. All of these places could very definitely use your money, uh, especially now as they are moving to trying to figure out how to handle the current environment where most people are working from home, and that doesn't often work for organizations that actually need to go meet with people Uh, yeah so if you're able to spare uh even just a few dollars go and and seek out those places because they could use it all right let's wrap it up until next time i'm gonna file this in the category of not good